You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the raven too comes from the green dragon. Welcome to the Green Dragons Silmarilli narrative event slash tournament uh, report. I'm with Kylie. Hello. David. Greetings. And I'm Jeremy. And we are very excited to talk about an event that happened, what, a week ago, guys? Give or take. Yeah, a week ago. A week ago. It's still fresh in our mind. Still fresh in our mind. Isn't that Moderately right, fresh in our mind. Yeah, we remember. It happens sometimes. Yeah, within reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we remember almost every detail almost as well as we should. So, with that, we're going to talk about, firstly, the structure of the event, because it's a different event than we normally have. Normally, we play tournaments pretty much like everyone else plays tournaments. You, you come up, you take a, a very fair list, because you don't want to be overpowered, and then you convert everyone to have axes, and then you go in, you win all your games, and you are the, the winner. You are the best. You, you have well, the knowledge. that's what's supposed to happen. You take your course every evers with a shade, and away you go. You just... Yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. But this one was slightly different, and Josh really put some, some good twists that he stole from other game systems that have been doing some really clever things, and, and I just loved it. It was really good. So let's talk about the structure, David. So this was built from the start as a highly narrative-driven event. So instead of having the, you're doing the best, we're going to pair you up against the player who's doing the second best. From the start, they're like, no, it'll only be good versus evil. So, if the top 10 players at the event are all good players, which I think they were, people would disagree oh, with me. Oh, let's be honest, they were. Yes, they were. That means you will always be playing good versus evil. Just from yeah. the get-go, they're like, this is the law. Uh, and to be perfectly honest, the, the three people sitting at this table were probably the top three players at that tournament. We did pretty well, yes. Yeah, we are definitely amazing. So, the next two hours of this episode are just us telling you how good we are, which is good listening, absolutely. Uh, basically, you have to nominate a side before the tournament. And there was a certain amount of spaces available. So Josh had a list, and as you bought your tickets or committed to playing, you got to choose good or evil, and you committed to that. Once you said, I'm playing good, you're playing good. So Unless you're Matthew Chardon is used as the uh, swing player. Yeah, yeah. There is, you could definitely tell Josh that I'm willing to change if you need me to, because if he gets last-minute changes, obviously someone has to make a move, and Matt was good enough to, to come to the, the good side. Probably unfortunate for us as good players, quite frankly, because he's not really that good. But he's not here to defend himself, so we won't bag him too much. Uh, but... We, we nominated the side, and we didn't have to nominate our army at this point. No, just had to nominate if you're declaring for good or declaring for evil. And what happened basically was that uh, our local scene all chose good. So the people who play in certain areas of Victoria basically all said, we'll all choose good so we don't have to play each other. And then a lot of our interstate players came and chose evil, which was a really good setup because it meant that you got to play new people. Mm. Mm -hmm. That was my thinking because I was fairly late to register. So I was able to look through the list and go... I haven't played against most of these evil players recently, so I'll give them a game and see what happens. Yeah, that was really good. And there was the structure of... Where was the event located? We had a, a specific time in Middle Earth. It was set uh, in the 77 years between The Hobbit and The War of the Ring. Uh, the date I heard was 10 years before the pretty much the events of the end of The War of the Ring. Ah. Huh. So earlier than the Fellowship... By about 10 years is... But then again, the person who was talking to me could have been lying, so... No, that, I think that was right, but the problem is you have essentially two timelines, where you have the book timeline and the movie timeline, which is slightly different, unless some of the stuff wasn't mentioned in the movie. So basically, between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, anything goes. Uh, yeah. And Josh was able to veto lists that had models that weren't available at that time. Which was also unusual. 
Like normally you don't go to an event and the organizer's like, yeah, if I don't like your list, I'll kick it out. Yeah, it, it was slightly refreshing not to have to walk into Gilgalad's every other day of the week. True, but it turns out there's some really nasty stuff that was alive during that, you know, narrow yes. window of opportunity. <laughs> there certainly was, but what I liked about it was that um, one of the ones he really enforced was that Isengard, there was no Siege Isengard lists available. So pretty much no one chose Isengard because I think it was pretty much just the Orcs and the Wargs around. You would have a Ruffian army at that point, which you couldn't have Sharku because he wasn't there during that narrow period. So you'd have a Ruffian army without anybody leading it. Yeah. Which... I, look, I think you could probably get away with having some sort of Urukai scouts and maybe a spattering of models as like testers because Saruman had turned at that point. It depends how, like, yeah. it's, it's a bit vague. It is actually, you're right. It, he could have secretly have turned, but he might not have been recruiting yet. It's It would be easier to convert them as Mordor Yurikai and just go, ha-ha, we're a Mordor Yurikai army that just happens to have guys with three might on them. Yeah. yeah. But basically, yeah, Isengard wasn't around there, and good we had a lot more choice. I think nothing was really gone. Numenor wasn't around, so you could, no, no Numenor armies. No Dale. Um, yeah, Dale was, was fallen. We didn't have any Lake Town armies there either. It hurt good more than it hurt evil because good just has so many more named characters than evil does. And the named characters that evil generally takes, such as the Ringwraiths, weren't at all affected. No Bywater army. Um, you say that, but I know that the Ringwraith players I played I specifically didn't take Fel Beast in full stats because they wanted to have it at the time and not the full, full power. Yeah, because the Fel Beast was still being kept secret at that point. Yeah, so, so, so they had them, chance. but they were a huge secret. And, you know, they weren't telling anybody. And we, did we see any Fel Beasts? I didn't see any. I played against one. One. Okay, so that's that's yeah. a lot less than normal as well. Betrayer. Ugh, betrayer. Yeah, and that's that's fine. Like maybe maybe out east, it's okay to have one around, but you don't bring it to the don't bring it to the west. Yeah, pretty much. You keep it on your side of the river. That's that's the big deal. Yeah, then you can't see it because it's it's hidden. So we had we had that. We all chose good. Um, did we? Did you go? Did you to choose the list back before? Did you have an idea, or did you choose it at the last minute? Since I was on the good side, I'm like, what good armies do I have? I've got Gondor, which is all very hero specific timeline wise. And then I've got Rohan. And I'm like, if I add Theodred to my Rohan list, it becomes an early war Rohan list. Problem solved. Yeah, I think you are got, got that a bit confused. It's not Gondor list. It's Boromir, Captain of the White Tower list. No, no, no. <laughs> Mine's Denethor gone mad list. I don't think I've actually run Captain of the White Tower version. I normally go the 105.1. And just hiding behind Denethor. He is cheaper, but everyone at that tournament that took uh, Minas Tirith decided, you know what, I'm going to take the uh, 175 point uh, that was, Boromir of... That was an inspiring sight when you looked across and there was <laughs> the four Gondor armies deployed next to each other with Boromir standing at the front of every one of them going, yes, for Gondor. <laughs> we might talk about how we can address that a bit later on, but so there was, there was a real choice before that. Um, Josh always manages to attract a lot of people to his tournaments. So what do we have, like 32 or 35 or some... some 32. Some, 32. 32. Yeah, so a really good number for us. Like, normally we run under 20 for tournaments, so about close to that. It's probably pretty standard. 24 is our average. Yeah, oh, there we go. So 32 is, is up the high numbers. I don't think we've ever hit 40 in Victoria in the last sort of five or six years. No, so, not so that that's a really good day. And he, he took played the event at the football club's venue as at Melbourne High School. So it was not in the Games Workshop store. It was totally out. It was it was pretty central Melbourne. Like, it's easy to get to from everywhere you go because it's one of those cities that everywhere leads to the same place. Except on Mondays when you can't turn right from some streets and you can't turn left oh, from some Oh, we just turned left the whole time. Yes, that's all right. So we had a really good turnout. Um, Josh, basically the, the people playing had to provide all the terrain. So he reached out to everyone who had terrain at the start and said, can you give me... A, 
And he said specifically which table. So he asked me if I could ta- give him some terrain. I said, yes. And he gave me a shopping list. He said, I want two Rohan tables. I want one on a Skillyf table. I want this and one this. Oh, okay, that's fine. I can do that. So he put that all together and, and made sure it was available for him. And he went and set it all up for us and did a really good job at that. So he specifically asked for regions. And what regions did he ask for? So there was a wooded region, which was sort of elven in theme. Mirkwood, I believe. Of that elk, yes. Then there was a sort of deserty region. Probably your Harad, your Khand, your Easterling sort of area. Mm-hmm. There was a spattering of ruins from around Gondor. So your Pelagirs, your... Um, that was basically all the Osgiliath, Gondor tales yeah. were, were just ruins of Osgiliath. Yeah. Uh, there was some sort of dwarven sort of thing in the corner that I didn't really get to play on. Uh, yeah, it had um, Tim's dwarf table, the Dwyer dwarf table. It also oh, had uh, Goblin pillars. Town. Yeah. I've had those, some bad those, experiences those, those pillars are interesting to play around. Yeah. So generic underground, under the mountain type table. So you had all the locations there that were around um, Moria and... Yeah, Moria's the main one, isn't it? Yeah, it would have been Moria. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then there was Rohan down the middle. Yes, yes, which is a good one to do. The Plains of Rohan are definitely worth... Uh, and there was a village there as well. So that was that was our locations, and all our games were, were based on that. So you got... It was a team team event. So it was either good or evil won the event overall. Mm-hmm. So that was our aim when we went into it. We had to win overall. Basically, more victories and more battle points. I'm not sure which was more valuable. I think victories were more valuable than... Victory points were more valuable. But obviously, if you're going to get lots of victory points, you need to win games. So it it was an interesting way Josh did it. So victories allowed you to gain control of regions and gaining control of regions gave you certain bonuses during a game. And the victory points is what uh, was tallied up at the very end of the tournament to see which team wins. Yes. Okay. So we had basically the way you got set up was that you're on these little, we had four foot by four foot tables. You had three or four of them all in a row, all attached to each other. And that was a region. So, for example, I started off on the the, Go- the Gondor Osgiliath region. I think, Kyle, you started on there with me as well. Yeah. And then we played all the evil players on that. And if we got more wins, then they had wins. So, if it was, it could be the draw. We got to control the region. And then whoever played on that region next round will get some sort of small bonus to, to reflect the fact that they own that region. Which is a really clever way of doing it. And it, it was... It made you care about the games around you as well. Like, I was asking all those people on my table, are we winning? Are you losing? Or telling, you just need a draw. You just need a draw. Hold on for it and all this sort of stuff. And it was really good fun. I would like to step in there, what you're saying about it made you care about the games more. This is something where I disagree with a lot of people there because they're all like, ah, it's low stress. doesn't matter. It's all narrative. This was probably the tensest, most stressed I've ever been at a tournament because it's teams-based. So you can't go, oh, I lost my first game. I'm out of the running. No, because every game you don't want to let your team down because you're fighting for, you know, the glory of Rohan, light in all Middle-earth. Secondly, since controlling the areas mattered, again, it's a case of you could look at the other two games and go, we've got a win, we've got a loss. The team is counting on me to secure this region. So for me, every game mattered and there was a lot more people depending on each result. So for me, this was a high-stress event. Also a lot of fun, though, because the more stressed, the more fun. But That's interesting, because I was definitely less stressed about it, because there wasn't that pressure on, I'm going to win overall, I have to get ahead of everyone. It's just just game after game, and having a yeah. bit of fun, and laughing at people, and teasing the people who lo- to lost on the outside. Hard that was him. the most fun. You copped an absolute earful during that tournament. He lost, seized the prize. He picked it up, turn one with eagles. He had the prize, and he lost it. He also lost a uh, reconnoiter as well. Lost reconnoiter with with five eagles. He, he won a game though. That was he pretty did. Good. He did win a game. That was yes. that was impressive. Well done, Tim. Mm-hmm. He like we can't bag him entirely because he did surprise oh, no. in the game. 
He, he won a game, and we are grateful. Oh. But he lost. <laughs> so he's the The, the reconnoiter one was more disheartening because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that that is that theirs. was that was like Tim. You have an army of entirely eagles, and there is there was a conveniently placed uh, building twelve inches from his opponent's table edge that he could easily flown his eagles up to, and then flown straight off the board. But his eagles didn't go up there, and uh, I remember coming around to his game table at you know, during that round and going. Tim, Tim, what are you doing? Yeah, especially these army setup because he had Bayon and then a bunch of eagles. So he could have just left Bayon as the leader on the board and then the eagles all flight off. Who cares if they count as casualties or whatever because then the game ends and then he's, they all count as being more models off. So, yeah, that was that was a bit concerning, Tim. So, but it's not all about Tim. It's not no, all about no, Tim. It's about still, the team. Yep. Yeah. And so we had the story there and, and after each round, Josh gave us a bit of a story of who had each reason and that region and that was pretty exciting and what the rules were and he had a map that he updated every time which... Um, I know that some of our players really love the idea of that, and it helped cough, tell the Nick, story. Cough, <laughs> Nick loved the map. Yes, yeah. So that was good fun, and it meant that we could really take ownership of it. Like, and there was big cheers and boos when we heard that like evil has taken Moria or good has reclaimed Rohan or all this sort of stuff. And it's it's equally as frustrating when you go on a table, you go and you you take Rohan for good, and then you leave it in the hands of someone else to to look after it, and then you, the next thing you hear is it's been retaken by evil. No, you fools! We just yeah. got that. Or when you finish your game first and you win, and you're like, especially if you're on Gondor, because there was more boards on Gondor, and you're like, if one of these other people can win their game, then we've got this. And then you leave, and you come, and then you hear, evil has taken Gondor. It's like, I left three of you to secure one victory. Could you not manage one victory between you? Yes. I know that feel, David. I know that feel. There were many, many times in that tournament where I went and won a game with massive disadvantages yeah. and then walked away and then only to find out that someone had squandered what I had yeah. hard fought and built. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually Tim. Yeah, so that that was that was I think that's that's most of it overall. Have we covered a, like the, the basics of the, the event? Um, yeah, I think so. Oh, oh I want to cover one more thing. The prize oh, the sil- the, the sils. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. We need to mention those. Yes. So at the start of the tournament Three players, good or evil, doesn't really matter, got randomly allocated a very valuable gem. They got a Silmaril. So every time you played a game, if the Silmaril was in effect, the winner of that game would claim the jewel and wander off with it and keep it until they, in turn, lost a game. While you held the Silmaril, it counters as a Palantir. So, you know, you could use its lovely, lovely magics. However, to my mind, this further increased the stress. Because there's three Silmarils. There's only three. There's four is right out. Five, just forget about it. So if they change hands six times, because there's six rounds, plus the starting player, seven people maximum can hold each Silmaril. That's 21 people maximum can see one of these things ever. There are how many players? 32. So you had a two in three chance of coming across one. So it means if you drop Mm, one of these things, you're not getting it back. It's gone. You have one shot, maybe, to get your hand on one of these things. Suddenly, you're not playing for your own glory. It's not for the sake of a ribbon coat. Selfish hope of season's fame. That's all gone. There is a Silmaril in play. That is what matters. And if you got to keep the Silmaril, win it, you got to use it at every Lord of the Rings or Hobbit or Middle Earth event that you ever go to, even if it's not in the rules hey, pack, Kylie, and you get to use it. Masters, are we using the Silmarils? No. no. Uh, what Jeremy means to say is in future tournaments run by Josh, you can bring your Silmaril trophy and you will be able to use the Silmarils effects. We could make necklaces out of those little wooden ones to show everybody how awesome we are. So yeah, One so y- step ahead of you. 
Yeah, so you get ongoing effects, and hopefully in the next events, Josh comes up with something slightly different, so that it's not the same thing. Because if everyone just gets a Palantir, they it's could count be... as something else. I would, yeah. I would like to see him um, like the magic next sword. Event. I was going to say rings, like the rings of power. Uh, okay, like yep, yep, the yep. seven dwarven Re-roll rings. Fate or... Or... I don't know, something like that. That'd be cool. Reroll fate. Actually, yeah, have your leader reroll fate or something like that would be fantastic. And yeah. Yeah, just a just a minor bonus. The penalties are pretty good bonus, but it's still penalties a stupid bonus. That is, ugh, oh yeah, disgusting. that was that was yeah. We'll get we'll get to them in games. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we to will. them, and we'll talk about if any of us encountered it because there is, as Kylie said, a two in three chance we might have encountered a, a Silmaril, and um, so maybe two out of three of us have encountered a Silmaril. Who knows? Who knows? That's how that's how maths works, isn't it? I know that. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's guaranteed. So if it's two in three chance, two out of three people. I love how theme is so strict that Isengard doesn't exist, but all three Silmarils <laughs> show up at this exact one time. Yeah, yeah, that's... that. Does that mean Yarendil's here? With his flying boat made of mithril and elven glass? I'm pretty sure I saw a spaceship around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's here. There was one hovering around outside. Yeah, it did. It actually landed. come past. It landed yeah. on the football yeah. field. And delivered some uh, groceries to somebody's car. So in the, we have to talk about this. In the middle of what was it one of the rounds? Was yeah, it lunch? One time? of the rounds. One of the rounds. Of round four. We heard this massive noise and like a helicopter landed on the football oval right in front of us. And then like the person that came out just like had groceries or something like that. He just yeah. walked, it was the just most bizarre. Walked thing. it up to their car, put it in, you know, yep, all good. And did they drive off or I think think I can't remember. Like, because we're part way through the rounds, you just glance like, where'd they go? Oh, oh well. Yeah, and then so a few people said, oh yeah, it's best Melbourne High. It's what you expect. This is this is amazing. So someone's like, I'm going to beat city traffic. I'll take my helicopter and just drop my like drop my wife off or something to their car. So it was pretty impressive doing that. that and that's what you get when you have a tournament at one of the most prestigious schools in Melbourne. And then there was the guy who was practicing his football with no shirt when it landed. So he wandered over with his football and his no shirt. And he was <laughs> chatting to the guy. And yeah, yeah just, just a normal day. Mm-hmm. So that, that was all good fun. Let's have a quick break and then let's talk about that preparation and for this event. Personal, personal stories, not just general stories. So now we're going to talk about the pre-event or pre-tournament preparation because we all know that that going for a, for a tournament or an event is basically planning months ahead of time, mm-hmm. and then like minutes ahead of time, finishing the last bit of paint on the model and stressing out. So we're going to talk about that experience, that whole journey. Yeah. A good last-minute panic takes months of preparation. It takes so long of pro- so much procrastination to get to that point where you can panic. It's really important. So Kylie, let's talk about your panic. My panic. So. I hadn't picked a list until basically a week before the tournament. I like turned to one of my friends. I turned to Tim actually. I think it was, and I asked. You got list so advice from Tim. No, no. I asked. I asked <laughs> him when's Sil, and Sil's like, he's like, it's it's next weekend, Kyle. I'm like, oh snap! I probably should uh, get some sort of an army list done and formulated. So I spent you know the first five days thinking of uh, what kind of a list I wanted to. To, to take and run and eventually came to the decision of, you know what I haven't done in a while? Arnor. So I decided to take an Arnor list. So is this tin can Arnor? Is this full mounted no, Arnor? No, this is, is this... micro warband Arnor. 
That could still be a tin can list. That could still catch on as well. <laughs> I don't think so, but it might. Micro warbands, definitely. Kylie, you'd be trying to push that for, for oh, years I think now. macro warbands is the way we should go. Just the full size, you, you know. Hey, you're the master of the macro warband. I'm the master of the micro warband. So, ended up picking up uh, that kind of an idea, and I decided I need to actually paint something for the tournament. Like, just add something a little extra to the, to, to my uh, collection. So, I decided to pull out Aladdin and here out of my bits box. Yes, I had an Aladdin and Noah here in my bits box and slapped them together and painted them up and managed to finish those at like 12 o'clock the night of the tournament. They finally got based. Do you have one of those already done up or is that the first ones? Because I, I have I have the monkey the, the monkey variants, the one where they're not wearing so any the armor. Unarmored with the, yeah. you know, yep. swords the, at full extension. With yeah, the, with their the flexible joints. Yes. With the hyperextended Oh, yes. yes. They're elves. Yes, They're one. showing off. They're like, hey, look what I can do. Ha <laughs> 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 I dislocate my elbow with this short job. That's fine. That's fine. We we know there's some big fans of dislocated elbows, so we won't go harp on too much so about that. So I painted up the armored versions on horse and on foot. And the foot ones, the armored foot versions are kind of, look at me, I'm taking a squat and taking a dump. And the horse ones are actually quite nice. I agree. The horse models are pretty good. Like The horse ones are pretty they're nice. They're easily the best monkey twins. I like the unarmored ones from a distance. Like, they look really nice until you pick them up and go, what is he doing with his arm? But just aesthetically, the old ones, I uh, do think, look quite nice. Okay, okay, okay. David, you are off the cast. You oh, I said until you pick them up. Okay, until you... Once you pick them up, then you go, wait. What? I'm more if you're in the same sort of general location. Oh, that's because you already know what they look so, like. That's the, that's the point. My final list for the tournament ended up being Arathorn, uh, Halbarad, two captains of honor with bow, four ranges to the north, twins on horse with armor, and 12 ranges of Arnor with a spattering of spears thrown in the mix. And that's what I ended up taking. Mm. Have you had experience with this army before, Kylie? Nope. Did you double check if Arathorn was still alive at this point? I, I, I would have to check. I'm I don't think sure. I did check. But I, d- I kind of threw my list at Josh and Josh went, yeah, it's fine. So it made it through. Uh, made, it through. Okay. So made it through. Josh heavily researched yeah. it and he, he gave it the okay. I haven't ex- had an experience with this particular type of list, but I have had experience with the models in their separate parts and various other lists. So I was confident in my ability to pick it up on the fly. Yeah, that all makes sense. So I, we've definitely played some scenarios with these lists though, because this is straight out of the um the Rune of Arnold book, isn't it? So Pretty much. Yeah, so it, it actually reminds me of the participants in some of those scenarios. And I know you've done Range of the North before. So yeah, I think I did pure Rangers of the North there. So yeah, so no, but you're literally, literally twenty four Rangers of the North in Aragorn was was kind of the list I was running before. This one's a bit more. So how many practice games did you have with the list? Zero. Okay. okay. Surprisingly, my first game with the list was the first round of the tournament. Yep. Yep. We, no, we'll no, get into eventually. Which is what we recommend for preparation for a tournament if you want to do well. Just don't prepare. Oh yeah, you don't want to burn out your sixes in practice games. And remember to only get uh, less than four hours sleep the night before the tournament. And also make sure that you don't have any breakfast. The plan of champions. I like that. So I'm going to move on with that because I've just bared Kylie out for her preparation. Um, I decided pretty early on that I was either going to get some nice terrain done or get my Iron Hills dwarves done. So I put up a little poll asking people to see what what should I work on and basically got told do the dwarves because they hadn't seen the chariots before. Like I've got the chariot model done and it was basically make the rest of the army around that that model. So I thought, okay, I'll do that. And I also managed to, to neaten up some of the terrain as well. But I took my dwarf chariot with a with a captain on it as my leader. The captain's course is named Dwar the Third, because he's you, a third Dwar. Because the two chariots from the scenarios went down badly. So this yes, is the third one. This is the third one. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So I've taken that as my leader. I decided to you know when you you write a list and you go, you know, I've got these models still in Ziploc bags. They've been washed. 
they should be good to go. I, I can easily get them done. So I decided to make his wool bed all stuff in Ziploc bags. So I've got six goats, and of course they all need dismounts, so six dismounts, and then three crossbows. So I thought, oh yeah, I'll, be, I'll easily be able to get them done. That's fine. It's only like, I don't know. Like 15 models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's easy. That's easy. It's only 15 dwarves. Yeah, no, pay, pay and pretty. six goats. Yeah, yeah, and, and some of the goats, but that's okay. Couple of Easily bases. get them done. Easily get them done. So I thought, well, I'll compensate the other warband. I'll have Grumden, son of Thumbden's warband. I'm sorry, you, you named your dwarf captain Grumden. Yes, yes. That's a, you know, respectable dwarf name, I believe. Um. <laughs> What's wrong? Calm down. Have you heard about the stupid names that Tolkien came up with? Yeah, but I, I am Bomber? familiar. He's Tolkien. He's allowed to do that. He's got a license and everything. Bipper, Bopa, I hope the guy riding, driving the chariot has a license. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, anyway, back in my captain's name. Uh, so I had a captain with spear shield um, with 12 dwarves with spear shield, so I could do the full shield wall block sort of tactic, but I gave one of them a banner as well. So I had to paint up that banner model because I hadn't got that done. So I had a good amount, 16 models to do, and it ended up being about two weeks to do them. So I thought I could do that easily, easily do that. And of course, the task expands to fit the time allowed. I was going pretty well through the week using all my spare time to get those models done. But I was definitely painting goats the night before. And I had six unfinished goats who had, had been base coated. They had some, some undercoats on them. I had got the airbrush out and sprayed the goats various shades of brown and white. And I had the armor gray and I was ready to go the night before. So thrashed out the six goats, got them done. And, and they look pretty good, actually. I, I didn't cut a co- lot of corners on them. I just did put a lot of hours. I put at least five hours in that night and got them done. So, of course, with that sort of preparation... I had played with the chariot without the hero in scenarios. I had played with the dwarf shield roll in scenarios. The goats, I didn't even know the rules walking walking into the tournament. And I found Classic a, Jeremy. Classic a, Jeremy. What is the move value of a goat? It's eight. I know that now. Okay, jolly good. Uh, what I didn't know was, one, they have mountain dwellers, which is pretty cool because they're goats. And the other thing is that they get to knock people down before they enter combat. So you charge in before you do the dual roll on a five plus the model if it's man size or smaller. It's knocked down. So basically an infantry model, which is pretty good. So um, Adam, my opponent in the first round, reminded me of that. And I, I, my eyes were like, what? That's amazing. I should read these rules at some point. So I took out the book. And like, there it is, right in front of me. Hadn't had time to read the rules. Did, so that was my preparation. Did we ever find out if they were the rules attached to the goat or attached to the rider? Yeah, they FAQ'd that one, I believe. And they said it was attached to the goats. Okay. So they you. don't, if they dismount, they don't keep their mountain dweller. That's a pity. Or they're knocked down. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, very true. Just walks up and punches the guy before combat starts. Like, right, let's do this. I was thinking more of a Dane vibe, so they go up and headbutt. Okay, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, the, the little kneeling dwarf with the spear, like, putting it up in a prone position. They just get the headbutt someone down. That's that's the way to do it. Well, if you aim in the right spot, you'll definitely make someone hit the hit the that. Either that or you've got the orc walking along and just the sun suddenly goes dark as this dwarf hurtles out the sky towards them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I was, oh, look, I was happy they got the army done. I knew as a narrative event, I didn't really care that I hadn't practiced with it. Um, I knew that it's going to be a bit of a wacky army because it's very different. And my, the number of models I had, I technically ran for 26 models because I counted the chariot as four. If you listen to my chariot episode, you know that I'm not sure if that's the correct ruling because it's in the designer's notes and the heroes counts as four and the other one doesn't actually specify what it counts as. So is it like a war machine or is it not? Is it one or is it four? Do you count the goats? and like, No, you don't count the goats. Do you div- count the legs, divide by two? But it doesn't have any special rule because it's just a dwarf model. Like it, the chariot's profile is dwarf. So it's not a monster, it's not cavalry, it's not this, so... But it's one so model, but... Does it count as infantry? 
It's not cavalry? Yeah, I'm not sure so either. So I can dig up prizes? And yeah, anyway, listen to the episode. You'll hear all my confusion there. I'm confused for like the whole 40 minutes of the episode. I didn't even know where I was. It was it was really strange. So that's the sort of, that's my, like going into the tournament. Didn't know how my army worked. It looked pretty. It was an excuse to put it all on the table. I actually really liked the army. It had 26 models technically, but 23 I could move. So, so I put down 23 models, which is pretty low for me normally, like at 650 points, which is what we're aiming for. I wouldn't, I wouldn't normally go in with that. I would normally go in with the bare, bare minimum 26 if I had some seriously elite models, but I'd almost go for a two and a half warbands would be my aim at yeah. 650. Does that, does that sound fair? That sounds fair to you, David. At 650, I've, I think you'd be aiming for at least 40. Be honest, but yeah, well, so th- 650 you want three warbands, mm-hmm. 39 is three full warbands, yeah, yeah. So 40 is three warbands and independent, that would be the normal amount. So three warbands yeah. would be pretty typical. Horde armies would be going for four or maybe five. Um, so I was yeah. really low in numbers, really low in numbers, yeah. A lot of the horde armies I was facing during the tournament were hitting uh, around 40 models or high 30s at the very least, yeah. So lower models and lower might, like only four might as well. So it's like you normally you have the copycat rule there, yeah, but that never works. It, it, That's it, the five plus master of battle. Yeah, yeah. What it does is it stops people from calling fifty fifty, like strikes and things like that near you. So it's actually really good at that. It just prevents people. It doesn't actually work as such. It's like you rarely roll it, and if you do, like once, once I struck up in a combat that I was already hit on fight, so my feint got to go off and this sort of stuff. Like it's it's silly stuff like that sometimes. So it more disables your opponent rather than enabling you. No one wants to go for a fifty fifty. Like if they want to strike up against me, say we're even fight. Like, they don't want to spend a point of might, and then I might get it for free, and then they might not get ahead of me. So that's the times when it just doesn't happen. Okay, yes. Uh, but it's 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 like the Gothmog one more than that. Like, more than often, it doesn't work. But it changes your opponent's play style, which is Yeah, no, and that's useful. fine. That's fine. So, yes, but it, it doesn't really add extra might to me. And it does mean that I can challenge that really critical heroic move. You know, that one that's like, if I get priority now, or if I get the first move, I'm going to win the game. It gives me an extra chance of that to keep it for free, but... It's like a five plus is not that reliable anyway. So didn't really know the army. Was so proud of this army. Like this is gonna be this is one of my better armies. I think it looks really really nice. I know that the uh, the chariots already um, Forge World saw my picture of it and asked for it. So they they put it up on the their their Facebook page as well. So I, I'm just really proud of this army. So it looked really good. Um, I walked in and and I was hoping for best army, but I knew that once I walked in, I saw that Thomas Bowman was there as well, and he always comes up with amazing stuff as well. So. I also didn't care if I didn't get the best army because I thought yeah. I'll go into it and this is one of those tournaments where if I get beaten, I'm going to get beaten by someone who deserves to beat me, so I don't mind. Yeah, Thomas's orcs were mint. Yeah, really, really mint. good. And good use of colour on the hunter orcs as well because they had a lot of vibrant colours, but they were all in ways that made sense rather than just how many colours can I fit on this. So, mm. yeah, that was a nice army. Yeah, no, Thomas, no, I, I full of praise for Thomas's stuff. He's He's done gym and art courses and his color theory stuff is off the wall like i was talking about the difference between our styles i basically paint almost in a gray scale and he paints like like full color spectrum and knows how to use it it's the difference between the lord of the rings and you know the hobbit yeah is like when you look at the long shots and you're like i can't tell which are orcs and which are gondorians because they're both wearing armor yeah you know and that, that's my painting style like sometimes i get my models confused with evil models because they're just grayscale. and i keep doing that i keep knocking the mic but that's that's my preparation david some of our listeners may remember last year we had a painting challenge. So I came out of that with a whole mountain of Rohan, and I've never put more than half of it on the table at any one time. So I'm like, I want to use some of these guys. In the past, using them, because I've, I've had a few games with the Rohan, they've had mixed results. Some games are amazing, some games they're not. So I'm like, we need the banner of Extra Might. So that means we need gambling, because that's the only way to get it. I have, I have 12 Royal Guard with Throwing Spear. 
they're actually what I start with because they look amazing. So with that many Royal Guard, the only way to justify that is with Thad and King because if he's there, then sure, we can have as many Royal Guard as we want. Fair enough. Once you've got them, you might as well have Hamar, Eowyn, and then Theodred to make it fit in the, you know, 10 years before the Fellowship. So at that point, I have five Warbands, uh, which meant they ended up with about four or five guys per Warband, except for Eowyn, who had her full lot of archers. I'm like, that's my, that's my logic. We'll see how it goes. And then the day before the tournament, I'm flipping through the players pack. I'm looking at the painting section and in the middle somewhere it said, and plus like one or two points if you have a special 60 mil objective. I'm like, don't have a 60 mil objective. I flip back to start, what to bring? Nope, there's no 60 mil objective. So I figured this was like the bonus point for masters, how they always hide something in the players pack somewhere. (laughs) So the night before I'm like, I need a 60 mil objective. Either measuring out my bases and like ants are on 64 and a half mil for some reason. I've got these other objectives that are on 50s. So I ended up packing a whole bunch of large bases into my tray and just filled up the rest of the space of things I was carrying to the tournament with large bases. So one of them would be near enough to 60 mil. And <laughs> it ended up intimidating my opponents because I'd put the tray on the table with all my army in it and it would also have two or three ants in it. And they would look across the table because, you know, you'd, you'd glance at the list and then they'd glance at the army and then they'd glance back at the list like, how do you get three ants into that? <laughs> that is true. Like, I don't know about you two, but whenever like, we share lists at the start, like no one really looks at the list. It's like, what do you got? Yeah. I'm like, I got some dwarves. Cool. What do you got? I got some orcs. Okay, cool. And then like, how about you go, what? Is that a shade? What? Yeah. Is that a barrel? I should have really read the list. Yeah. <laughs> I just ask them how much, my, how much, no, how many models, how much shooting, uh, what's your big hero here? I usually, I usually ask like halfway through the game. Always look at your opponent's army list. Determine the location of your enemy and decide what you intend to do about it. Your enemy's intentions are of no consequence. Yeah, very, very good, very sage wisdom, David. I hope that that suited you well in the tournament. That would that would be really good. Okay, so that's our preparation. I also yeah had to just touch up some of my terrain. So I spent the Saturday morning before the event. It started on a Sunday, went for a Monday because we had a public holiday or um, one of the UK people call them bank holidays. Uh, our banks are on holidays pretty much all the time. So the we're Australian. Yeah. <laughs> of course they're on holidays all the time. Yeah, yeah. So I cleaned up my terrain and, and brought that over. Josh picked it up, which was really good, so we didn't have to do that. And then uh David was able to, to tax me around for the, the event so that my wife could have the car with the kids. So that was all good. Preparation good. Very excited for the weekend. And then let's uh, come back and let's talk about how we went on day one. We've all turned up in the morning of the event. We are there. We are ready to go. There's a lot of people there. Kylie, what was your experiences game one? Take us through it. Game one. Oh, game one. This was one of my fun games because I got to horribly uh, demoralize someone. Game one, I drew, I think it was uh, Cole from South Australia. And what was his list? It was um, an army based on the Shadow of Mordor games. Okay, so, that, that yeah, one, yeah. Yes. so instead of having Gothmog, he had a converted, uh, I think it was Tyrion. I haven't played those games. So. Anyway, had had the dude from... From the thing. From, from Shadow of Mordor. And a whole bunch of other captains. So Grishnak, Gorbag, a Taskmaster, a Blackguard Captain, like just a whole bunch of different orcs. Captains. He ended up, and a Taskmaster, I think, was in there too. And Gollum, just lots of different dudes. Which was coming up against round one, I was looking at going, wow, this has... 
just as many like really big bruiser heroes as I do, this is going to be slightly problematic because the first round was Reconnoiter. So I'm like, okay. But before anything could happen, two of the other South Australia guys, uh, Dion and I, can't, I think can't remember the name of the other guy, uh, came up to me and said, look, Kylie, we, we need you to do us a favor. This guy, Cole, he has been talking a big game, bragging, and is the biggest jerk you will ever see on the other end of the table. We need you to kick his ass for us. And I said, You're not allowed to say that before a game. And I what turned back this? to Dion and went, I can do that for you. Oh, that's amazing. I can do that for you. That's good tactics, actually. <laughs> I played against him later. He didn't. He seemed like quite a nice fellow, I thought. But well, he was. He probably, probably was. Oh, sorry, yeah. so it's these people, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. We can't be this having is, with this these is because, people. This is because of what happened in our game. So, okay, yes. Trudy's where Cole then starts like, smack talking and like dropping dropping all these like, I'm going to like, you you don't even know. Like, I outnumber you. I'm just going to walk right past you. And like, kept telling me all these things he was going to do. I'm like, okay, okay. All right. I've got no problem with that. That's good. Talk yeah, no, no. Game. Yeah, he's okay. talking smack. But um, unfortunately for Cole, uh, he did not back it up. So in the first round of combats in Reconnoiter, I, I shot him a little bit, but didn't actually get any kills other than Goth Mog's Warg. That's a good kill to be having. First though. round of combat, uh, I got 11 kills with uh, the twins and various other heroes in my force uh, whilst receiving zero casualties. That that seems yeah. to be yeah. Know, a solid So, so, so why did you play so badly? Why wasn't it 12 kills? Well, the next turn I proceeded to get another 9 kills and break him on the second round of combat. Okay, okay, that's alright. Yeah. So, the TLDR of the game was, I went in with the twins, I murdered everything, the twins played between them, got about 15 or so kills, and I couldn't even get one of my own models off the board because I quartered him so fast. Ah, that one, yes. Yeah. So, I ended up winning the game 3-zip, and the look of crushing defeat on Cole's face, uh after the second turn of combat, where he's kind of looking and going, I have 20 models dead. I have killed two. Cole, we, we, I, I totally sympathize with you. I've had that look when Kylie's played me as well. I've had the look when David's played me. Just that look of, what just happened? I'm about ready to start the game and already I've got a quarter of my models left. Uh, I haven't even had a chance to warm up my dice. Did you give him a chance to warm up his dice? No. No, okay, no, okay. No. Cole, I feel sorry. About and and no. I'm I'm gonna I'm on the side of Cole. I think you're probably quite a decent person. I like the idea of the smack talk of confidence, but my advice for next time is just back it up with some ability. That would be that would be really good. So do it, go over there, come back and come back stronger and, and I have no doubt that you'll you'll beat Kylie in I don't know, ten or fifteen years time. Who knows? Who knows? Possibly. So, um but Possibly. Kylie, I'm disappointed you only got three nil. Well, as I said, I had I uh, had Halberad literally one move off the board, like next turn he would be off the table with a march, but the game ended so quickly I didn't even get that chance. Well, that's and the trick. You're carrying the wrong magic banner. Yeah, you needed the banner of. Well, no, I didn't faster. have the ma- I didn't have the banner in my list because oh, he had it. You didn't, it wasn't made yet, so you can't yeah, carry a, a banner that point. you can't carry a banner that wasn't made. Actually, no, she'd been working on it for a while. She didn't say when she started it. Could have had half <laughs> the magic banner. Any anyway. Part of that too was because Cole just like I feel for Cole. His courage tests for breakpoint was awful, awful. I've I've seen some pretty bad tests for courage, but this one was up there. This one was up there. I did feel sorry for him as well because I was on the board directly adjacent to you, and I think I had just finished deploying my twenty three models when you finished your game and won it. So yeah, I that finished was, my game pretty quick. That was I, really I was quick. I was pretty ruthless in my approach to that game. That and you've got to you know. Apply some care when deploying chariots. So I can understand that as well. I measured everything on the board because the last thing I want to do is like get the chariot. I'm going to move here. I'm going to move here. I'm going to. Oh, wait a second. My base actually doesn't quite fit. 
And then you've got to take a roll to see if you can bring it up on one wheel and but you can. sideways. You're allowed. <laughs> you can fudge the chariot's moving a bit, so you can like wobble sideways during the turn. That's okay, but you're not allowed to actually move the terrain. So that's I can't just like push a building beside. It was a bit disappointing. Except so, for tents, they rolled. They ruled you could run over tents. Yeah, no, that was really good on Josh's part. You could do impact hits on a tent, and I did crash into a tent once and failed to kill it. <laughs> of course, you did. Yeah, that's funny. I got tangled in it. It was pretty hard work. So is that it, Kylie? Is that for you? Yeah. Not much else to say, quite frankly. Yeah. No, not much else to say, other than that it was in this game where I discovered something very, very important that I had forgotten over the years. The Elven Twins are absolutely stupid. Yeah, agreed. 140 points, 6 points of might. That's Boromir level value, but they both have 3 attacks. I was on horse too. So, they both cause... got 4 attacks, 8 to wound. So, if Boromir went from his 3 attacks up to, what's that, 16 attacks... For an extra, yeah. what's that? The, Thirty-five they, points. You don't get the four attacks on the charge whilst mounted, but they're 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 all they're, they're probably the best thing in the alpha list, aren't they? What do you think? I reckon they are. Honestly, after that game, I would say they are. Like they killed, literally killed eight models between the two of them in one turn. It used to be since they were fight six, your Glafendals and your fight seven would pip them out against some of the bigger monsters. But that's not a problem anymore. No, they're, they're really, really good. Okay, so do you want to go into to my round two? I think we've got to keep these moving. Or your round one. Your round, round one. one. My round your one. One round. Well, let's go for round one. So my round one, I'm up against uh, Adam Jenkinson with his Harrod Corsair army, which, like, Corsairs, I always go, oh, roll my eyes. This is going to be hard work because Reeve is a pretty damn good fight. Five and two attacks. Yeah, they're pretty good. But I asked him, how many axes do you have? And he said none because he's themed his army around the sword. Like, but axes use. are a theme. But that's what I've been told by local players is that, that the axe is the most appropriate pirate weapon because if you go back to all pirate movies, all pirate research, all pirate... Because they live on wooden ships, they need to repair them, so they, they need yeah, to they carry need axes. To axes and, yeah, yeah, that's what they fight with. So, yeah, anyway. So he was he had a nice fair list. He had a Delamere leading it and they had a Taskmaster in there and some of the African guard, the big fatties with the two-handed weapon, which my chariot looked a bit scared of, quite frankly. So Reconnoiter with 23 models trying to cover a whole flank. I thought I don't have much much chance unless I go and scare him a little bit, shoot out some models, and then just run over a whole chunk with my dwarves. So I moved up, shot him a little bit, scared him a bit, and then run over a whole bunch of models with my chariot. The chariot ran down models. It, it was amazing. Because I've seen it in play before, and it was notable for its not running down no, no, models. No, no, I've, I've definitely decided that I'm going to run down models with it. That's the way to do it, not the not run down models. The run down the models is the key part of the strategy that I was missing. Okay, okay. Got it. So, first thing, like I was, I took down like three models and a, uh, a bosun, and I was over the nice. moon. I'm like, yes, yes, it's done its job. It's taking out something important. I'm okay. There's no banner effect. I'm all good. Then I managed to, to do this long U-turn, and I caught up with a Taskmaster and Delamere, and ran them both over. It wow. cannot be done. No, you ran over done. a Delamere, a two wound, yeah. three fate Delamere. It might have taken me two turns. I think I bounced one turn and then the second turn got it. Wow. But it was, it, yeah, it was really, really fun. And, and, and Delamere was just about to get past me. Like he'd done the right thing, ran around and got, got behind me. So my chariot was now facing the wrong way. So remember, Kyla, you turned around and faced me. and said, what are you doing with your chariot facing the wrong way? And I had this big grin on my face saying, I've just run over Delamere. That's what I'm doing. Um, so it basically took out the reconnoiter for me. I sent it like one random dwarf running and I was really lucky on the flank. I had like three goat riders and a couple dwarves and they managed to delay a flank enough that the courage test got them. So I won so that nice. game. No one got off the board at all and I managed to, to run over everyone. So it was a really good start. And at that point I was like, 
I've got a win in this event. I'm over the moon. This is one more win than I expected because my shots with the chariot beforehand, we hadn't won with the chariot beforehand. That's true. That's true. Like I hadn't, hadn't won a game with it at all. Hadn't worked it out. The big thing I did in this one was that I moved it forward like for the first couple turns, got into crossbow range and then waited for every dwarf to catch up. So there was a couple turns where I didn't move it at all. And that helped me a little bit, helped me with the bluffing. It also meant that my crossbow was shooting out African Guard and Reavers reasonably well. So they were my main targets. Yeah, getting rid of those African Guard who have the, what is it, strength four plus one to wounds? And the Reavers, Ugh. the fight yeah, five. the chop fellows. And the, yeah, so disgusting. I managed to, to get it rid of most of those. And that really helped me. So I got the win and I was over the moon. Very happy with that. And that was, we were both on the same table, weren't we? We were on Osculeus. Next to each other, yeah. So there was four players on our Osculeus table. It's the only table four players. So at that point we thought, we've won this table for sure. We've won Osculeus back. We've got it back. Did that happen? No, unfortunately. No, no, the other losers just lost. People dropped the ball. One draw. One draw would have got us that table. You got the two of us on that table. What's the chances of losing that table? It was poor. It was really poor, wasn't it, Kylie? I, I was I was, I, was a little, I was a little disappointed in our teammates. I'll, More I'll than disappointed, that was shocking. Whoever those teammates were, I can't remember. I blocked you out of my mind. You were terrible. So while you two were getting let down in Osgiliath, um, I showed up on the center of the three Rohan tables, and with two other Rohan players, both taking the full Cav lists. And we got there before the evil, so we got to choose which side we wanted to set up on because once you're standing on a side, you're not going to pick the other one. So we chose the side with the sun to our backs. So the so the evil players would be staring into it and their orcish eyes would be blinded. I was in the middle with a solid infantry corps. I had a cavalry army on each flank. I'm like, we've got this for Rohan. And then Josh came over and closed the blinds so the evil players could, you know, crawl out of the darkness and come faces. The army on my left ran straight into a Mumak and got destroyed. The army on my right... Rode down enemies and scored a glorious victory for Rohan. So it was all hanging on this centre game. Could the, could the centre hold? So I sent down the right side of the board, Gamlink, Hummer and Theodred with their sort of half war bands each. And they ran right into a Shade and a Burrow Wraith. Uh, this was against one of the Knicks, by the way. So wait, 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 a Barrow White or a Ring Wraith? Both put together, squished together. Okay, this one, I'm, I'm trying to remember what was in the list. There was a Shade. There was two of those guys that hung around in the fog of the Barrow Downs. And then there was some oh, sort of no, witch I know this fellow. Is, this was Nick, wasn't it? One of the Nicks, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. Nick B, I Nick think. D. D. D? Yes. Letter Nick D. D. Okay. Jolly good. Yeah. A witch king. No magic hat to something higher two, I believe. Two fifteen two he was. I played I played against Nick as well. I can, two spectres. Yes. Two spectres, two barrow whites, uh, a shade, and a, a magic witch king. It was on a horse. Yes. That's and, scary. And there was also an orc captain. Was it a generic orc captain or was it? Yes, a, there was a generic orc captain. Generic orc captain form. with shield, I think it was, just to play. A really themed list. Like, it was definitely themed oh, yeah. around Agmar. And he, like, I talked to Nick about that as well. And he said he, mm-hmm. his friends told him not to take the Witch King on Felbeast with full stats. Because, because Felbeast Witch King didn't hang around in Agmar. He hung Correct. around with the other Correct. guys. So full marks for theme. Uh, no marks for taking the shade because that's nasty. But. It was a strong army. And a lot of orcs as well. There was like 30 yes. orcs. It was it was fairly high on the numbers. So my three heroes pretty much marched down one flank and he made a slight error. He kept his army centred and together for one turn longer than he should have. So when he broke to the side with the shade and a whole bunch of guys to come and stop me, I was able to just fight one turn of combat with the shade bubble and then march round to slip my three heroes and all their mates off. So those guys were gone. No one was catching them. That left Thad and King... And his six royal guard to hold the center and the left. So he sent <laughs> two royal guard to the left, 
Fulrog out at the center, and he sat behind a building because the Witch King was just unleashing three dice a turn at him with black darts and all sorts of things, and he was just shrugging them off like he didn't care. He's like, I am the most magic-resistant character in Middle-earth. I care not for your foul sorceries. Then Eowyn the finally got to the battle because she rocked up late because she was trying to assemble a warband twice as big as everybody else's. I like to think she was doing her hair. That too. So she jogs on with a pile of arches. She has nice hair, doesn't she? Yeah. Very for, nice for, hair. For yes. someone in Rohan, you'd think the hair would be a priority. She definitely has nice hair. Well, you live in the Golden Hall. You've got to, you know, you've got to put yeah, some effort yeah, in. You know, that's fair cool. So she rocks up. She sends. Ah, she piles into the middle to back up Thad and, and his four guys. Gets herself paralyzed and spends the rest of the game with, the, um, with some of her arches going, You okay there, my lady? Are you sure you're okay? Yeah, that's okay. Just sleep that off. It'll be fine. Thaden goes, I'm tired of being magic resistant. So he wanders into combat with the orc captain. He's like, I got the fight value. I'm on a horse. Let's do this. Knocks the orc captain over. Does no wounds. That's fine. We win priority. We win the roll off to move first. We charge him again. We hit him for a single point of damage. That's okay. We've got another point of might. We'll, we'll win the roll off. We'll go first. We'll hit him. We won't damage him. That's okay. Awen just got back up. We can call heroic move. We can, we can keep, keep him. We can keep him down. We win the roll off because somebody else, you know, moved up to call the heroic move as well. Yeah. Thaden goes in. The orc wins the fight and stands up. Somebody, the spearman kills Thaden's horse. He goes, oh, fine. <laughs> and so he spent the rest of the game hiding behind his shield as orcs closed in around him in this bubble as the center collapsed. Uh, the witch king heroic combated through, ma- ended up like nine inches from the edge of the board with one point of will left with one of my guys throwing spear, ligging it towards him. And then the game ended. So like, ah. That that was a fantastic story, but we really do need to know the answer to this question. <laughs> Did you kill the orc captain? Did they didn't kill the no. orc? No. Okay. That that was the only important The orc captain, that. he took a wound, didn't even bother with his fate. He's like, nah, I'm good. And then he just wandered around killing Rohan while the royal family looked on and went, we, we tried to stop him, but he was too powerful. There's a seriously powerful army that shade-powered orcs. They, oh, yeah. they are tough. They are really tough. Like... I did get the win in that, but that was just because I was able to march the three warbands around the side. Um, the rest of it, yeah, was just my guys dying slowly. Yeah, I think you would have been hard-pressed to beat it if you, if you had it on one of those one-on-one just fight-it-out scenarios. Unless you're throwing weapons mm-hmm. got hot, you would have been in a lot of trouble because you've got to try and break that army, and it's a big army. There's a lot of them, and yeah. it's a huge amount of magic just to shut down your damage dealers. And you're not winning many combats, and you've got a lot of defense five, so the orcs would have no problems getting through that. They've got a lot of piercing weapons as well, so they have no problem getting through anything. They had no problem getting through by dwarves. So, well done, David. Most so, impressive. Kylie, mission two. Now, at this mission point, two. I'm trying to depending remember on how is. you did in mission one, you could have been playing one or two missions. Let's, let's two just missions. assume I won, because that seems to be a recurring theme for me. Yes. So, was it Storm the Camp or the other one? Storm the Camp. Definitely played Storm the Camp. Yes. Okay. So, what location and what bonuses did you get? So, if any. We were playing on the uh, Dwaradorf table. Yep, that one. Tim's Dwaradorf table. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so our bonus was uh, the controlling team could automatically got first turn priority. And we didn't hold uh, the Misty Mountains at that point, so my opponent took first turn in a scenario where they had to run across the table. So it didn't mean a whole bunch. I was up against uh, a similar situation to you. I was up against uh, a Shade. Barrowite, a couple of spectres, a whole bunch of spiders, including Shelob and Merkwood spiders. And Will, uh, the big troll of the, the three, and Sneezy, the, I think it was um, Tom. I can't remember so which. two of the three. Two of the three. So this is Jordan's yeah. army, isn't it? Yes, Jordan. Yes. Yeah, good, scary army, quite frankly. Yes, yes. Very, very scary. 
up until the point that I realized that I had 16 points of my uh, that I could put into shooting. That'll do it. Yeah. So, so when your opponent, when when you when you get your opponent's list, one thing I like to do is look at the one thing in that list that's going to cause me the most problems. Which and, is why I always look at the model count. Yeah. And then shoot it off the table, which is what I did. So Will didn't even get a chance to get into combat this game because uh, I just sunk every single shot I had available. Didn't matter if it was in the way. Didn't matter if there was anything. Like, I had moved. If I could, if a bow could reach him, he was, he was being shot. And I sunk eight points of might into it, but I took Will off that table before he could reach combat. And that was... Now, I know Jordan's a listener, and I know I had a big discussion after this game with Jordan, and I didn't know he played against you, Kylie, actually. This is interesting, because he was, he was, and this is fair enough, he was quite concerned about might. He thought it was unfair in that you can use it on both roles for the the um, the shooting. So when yeah. you use a point of might on the first one to wound, it carries over to the second one, yeah. um, which I have no problem with personally. And I was trying to des- describe that that was there, and we sort of agreed to disagree at the end of it, because I, yeah. I, I didn't have my spreadsheet to show out the numbers, and I think it's roughly about even, and I understand why it's there. Oh, I can but, understand um, why it was frustrating. But no, Jordan, just my personal message here is you probably would have lost anyway against Kylie, unfortunately, your army and, and her army. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I still had another three or four turns worth of shooting for Will to get to me. And still and, half your might. Yeah, and still half my might. I was happy to trade close to nearly all my might to get rid of Will off the table because all of his might in that army was on the two trolls. So once I took out the first troll, it was yep, yep, child's play. Yeah, um, yeah. So once Shelob got into the combat, I dumped another three points of might, killed her in one turn, just went in with all the heroes. And Shelob's a hard one to kill too. Lots of wounds, well, lots of defense. When you have a twin who runs in going two-handed weapon fainting. You can get some work done, turns out. Yeah, I guess I'm comparing it against my Rohan heroes that take four or yeah. five turns of combat and to get a wound. When you have a total of nine points of might available to you in the combat on a bunch of multi-attack heroes, you can just make quick work of pretty much anything. It's a pretty much a power matchup, actually. The 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 shade yeah. and, and versus the the elf twins. The elf twins are probably the shade of the good side, really. They they are so good, but also the shade's yeah. so good. So that's an interesting matchup. But the fact that you're able to start where you're able to get shooting, if you started in combat, probably would have been a bit more yeah. challenging for you, quite I frankly. I guess Storm the Camp is ideal for that one because yeah. you know where the enemy is going, you know where they are, and you get a lot of the entire board to choose from. That said, every game I've played uh, during this tournament, I didn't start in combat. Mm. I always made sure I deployed back and had at least some turn of maneuvering and shooting. But in this particular game, what nearly cost me was the damn Merkwood Spiders. Those things are nasty. Oh my god, they were getting paralyzers off left, right, and center. Like, just everywhere. And I was dropping fate and still failing. He managed to get a spider in over this rock edge and managed to get into Arathorn, my leader, get a sneaky paralyze off, and Arathorn just spent the rest of the game on, on his back. With two points of might, going, I can't roll a four plus, I can't roll a four plus, until eventually, uh, Will, uh, sorry, Sneezy, can't remember his name, but whatever the it other was, one. the other troll came up to him and proceeded to kick him a few times while he was on the ground and kill him, so I lost the leader kill on that, it was the only game where I actually had Arathorn die, but after killing his leader and breaking him, the game was child's play at that point, and I snuck, a, I snuck one of the twins into the opposing camp and snuck the victory. Yeah, the, the, that troll is either Tom or Bert, depending if you're playing yeah. on what's in the rule book or what's in the movie set, I believe, yeah. or was in the credits. So um, it doesn't really matter what you call it. It's, it's yeah. the one that sneezes. It's, it's the sneezy one. So yeah, solid win. Solid, solid win. I think I got like, it was like seven three or something like that. Yep. And this was for the 
Dwarven realms. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm sort of glad I didn't end up. I just spoil. I didn't end up playing Jordan because that army would have really ripped through me. Like if if my crossbow didn't get hot, I would have been in trouble because that army would have no trouble taking out a chariot, and the dwarves yes. wouldn't have been able to do enough damage in time. Like the spiders, I would have been able to take a wound off them maybe, but then they would have survived that. And it's, it's, it's throw everything in the shade and to hope. Yeah, the shade. Like I have to break them, so I have to kill enough spiders to get to the break point, and and like I just I just that would have been that would have been a scary matchup for me, quite frankly. Was that the monster army that fought Tim later on Osgiliath? Because that looked cool. The full, like, Godzilla it was, sort of. It was. Yeah, it was. that looked cool. Yeah. Scary army. Uh, yeah. You had the you had the right matchup for it, quite frankly. that that's If I was going to take any army against that one in any scenario, yeah, having tw- was pretty hot. Yeah. Having 20 points of might when you're up against a low model count army that's all heroes and monsters and things is very, very, very useful. And 20 might is pretty good insurance against the shade. Because it means yep. that you can throw a bucket of might and just win those really important combats early on, um, if you have to. So that, that's a Which good. Which I matchup. did actually. I, I did have to throw a lot of might get, just getting to the shade and getting rid of it. Yeah, oh, shade. Have you heard shades? They're pretty good shades. <laughs> but there are ways around beating it. Of course they are. No, no, no I don't. I no, I, I totally agree with that. But they are they are insanely good as well. Like they they they're just good. They're good, and we know that. Um, my game. Are we up to mine? Uh, can yeah, I talk sure about mine? Yeah. Yes, I got to play against Thomas Bowman's Hunter Orc, so I was over the moon about this. Is this also Storm the Camp? This is Storm the Camp, yes. Um, and I was really happy. One, because like it's pretty armies. And I do. I remember some of the interstaters came by and said, well, I'm so surprised. Like Basically, they were shocked that two Hobbit armies are playing against each other, and I sort of rolled my eyes and said, we do that all the time. But it was really good to play against Thomas's because his is, I think, the equal of mine in terms of painting. Like I think you would agree that, that he's well and truly 100%. up there. I'm well and truly up there. Like It was... It was picture perfect game like we took lots of photos in it it was a lovely game um i am very experienced with thomas's army and very inexperienced with my own army so i use that to my advantage so i basically did everything that i wouldn't want someone to do if i was a hunter orc player so what i did was i we had this big bit of impassable train in the middle i fainted one way drew his army together had some crossbowmen taking shots at heroes if they came past and basically scared him into approaching very slowly and cautiously and then jumped around the other side and then picked up a, picked up a warband, um, his shooting warband, ran over it, and then basically got him to break point really quickly. Um, he managed to storm my camp. I managed to storm his camp, um, but I had got the, I think the break or something. I got I got the a break win. without being broken. Yes, I wasn't broken. That was the that was the issue. So I didn't kill Bolg, which I wasn't going to with my army, quite frankly, unless I got some seriously good running over. So I avoided Bolg. Um, I took out I took out Nazag and I took out Nazag's warband. Could just claim that he was dead by then. He was dead by then. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I don't mind Thomas playing that because Thomas is a good painter. Um, my, my chariot was amazing in this one. It was Olg, son of Bolg. <laughs> yes, yes. Another orc, orc king of Gundabad or whatever. So my chariot ran up. It was, it was almost like a train track. It went forward the whole time. There was one part it could have turned towards Bolg and I, I parked it there for a little while just to scare them coming at me. Because Thomas was scared of the crossbows, and as he should be. Like hunter orcs don't like crossbows. No, um, they so don't like any form of shooting. Actually, like, and I was threatening to take his heroes off their wags. And if they were, if they were foot slogging the whole game, they would have been in a lot of trouble. So crossbows aimed at hunter orc heroes are a pretty scary prospect for the hunter orc hero. But then the chariot kept going along its line. Thomas made the mistake of not challenging me on a heroic uh, move or my move, um, which once again that that I can counter for free sort of thing potentially. I think scared him off. Um, but it was the wrong move because I took out a whole warband. He then had like another six guys to jump on to to try and attack me, but I managed to peel off Nazag, who had survived with like one might. 
So he was going to strike up. So he couldn't strike up against me. Yeah. If he called a heroic, he would have gone in without the higher fight value. Um, nicely done. Nicely, so nicely I was, done. I was at the point where I was going to win that combat. And, and then the chariot in combat took out another 300 orcs or so. So it just Whoa, wiped nice. out. It just wiped out that warband really well. And then I was able to bottleneck certain points with certain amount of dwarves yeah. and, and slow the game. I was actually at the point where I was slowing the game down at the end, shielding in a lot of places because I wanted to get the chariot back into my camp so I could run over Bulk and his mates, but I couldn't get there. The game couldn't ended beforehand. So, um, yeah, that was, a, that was a good one. So I got the win there as well. I can't remember how it happened. I must have got the break without being broken because I didn't yes, kill... Yes, that no sounds one killed about a leader. Right. Yeah, no one killed a leader. So it must have been Thomas was down to a quarter, which makes sense because he was broken. Um, yeah. And that was a really fun game. Thomas gave me the ultimate compliment during the game. He he, Like halfway through the game, he goes... When I play against you, none of my things work. And I just thought, thank you. That was really... And he, he meant it not because of dice rolls or anything, but just yeah. his tactics didn't work. And I, I said halfway, I said, it looks like you don't have a plan. And he, like during the game, of course, because this is yeah. what I do during a game. I yeah. tell a person that they don't have a plan. And that was true. I don't think he had a way of dealing with me. And I'll, I'll have more to say on that in the moment because I also played mm. Thomas during the tournament. But uh, I'll get to that when I get to that game. I, I don't think Thomas is a bad player. Like, no, I'm he's not. not. He's like, not. He knows his stuff. I will step in here. A lot of my plan when I go into any game relies upon putting the opponent under pressure, waiting for them to make a mistake I can exploit. That's why it's a right pain playing against either of you two because I know <laughs> that my main strategy won't work because if I put you under pressure, it's probably my army that makes a mistake first. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good That works that's against fair. so many opponents. You just put enough threat on and they will give you something. They'll go, ah, um... Hero in front, that'll solve the problem. Or ah, let's uh run that way. Yeah, that way will that way will save us. In fairness, David, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let's let's do a mutual tactics appreciation society. You're one of the hardest persons I know to play against because I never know what the hell you're doing. Because I look at you and you're like, that tactic that's, doesn't work. That's bizarre. And you do it anyway. My plan I am with is... you 110 percent there, De- Jeremy. Oh my god, playing you, David, is like banging head your head against a wall and hoping that you're going to put a crack in it. And look, most of the time I feel like your tactics are incredibly stupid and don't work, but I've got at least a dozen stories where you've come up with something incredibly stupid and it's worked incredibly well, and so I don't like I don't That's trust whenever you do something you weird. You put the opponent under pressure and they'll give it to you. So mission 2, storm mission the two. camp. Storm the camp. My Rohan was sent into Mirkwood. To try and see what was going on there. Uh, this was problematic because the good side had secured it, which gave us a powerful advantage. Uh, after deployment, the good side could redeploy one warband. So for Storm the Camp, my army only just fit within its little 12-inch bubble in the corner because of terrain. So I was able to summon all the power of Mirkwood and shift one of my models, like two inches to one side, using powerful magics. Powerful magics indeed. I should talk about my bonus. There was, was none. It? We're on Oskeliath because <laughs> we uh, didn't win the damn Oskeliath, so I got no advantage. So I didn't get to redeploy slightly. <laughs> okay, so across the table for me in a storm the camp were two Gorgoth beasts that luckily only count as one each. A whole bunch of spiders, the fight four, strength five variety. The, you know, the, the giant variety. Yes. Not to be confused with the Mirkwood variety, which, which are, are bigger, bigger than the giant variety. Yes. So this is Adrian Jenkins' list, isn't it? Most likely. No, it was. It okay. was. I know it. I know it. I remember everyone's yes. names. There were a bunch of bats, there were a bunch of um, orc trackers, there was a whole pile of orcs. It was some nasty stuff. There were some wag riders. My army... And some wags, like a whole bunch of wags. A yeah, wild wag chieftain. There was a wild wag chieftain. That guy was nasty. He ro- he was rolling hot. He did some nice stuff. Um, That's strength six. Yeah. Ugh. He's not bad strength for a pretty six. bad model. Like he's, he's, we know his costing's not right, he's, but he's good. He's not bad for 75 And he's points. hard to kill. Yeah. yeah three wounds. He's not a dumb points. choice. Mm-hmm. No. 
But yeah, so at this point, we actually both made mistakes. Um, he didn't leave a guard on his camp. I left too much of a guard on my camp because it turns out they're immune to courage tests. So I left just over a quarter of my guys guarding the camp, which meant the game wouldn't end until one of those guys died and they wouldn't run because they auto-passed. Oh. So my guys went to the middle. I thought he was being too aggressive with one of his Gorgoth beasts. I'm like, everyone will go in, we'll kill it, it'll be great. And then I found out that, yeah, Rohan can't kill monsters. They just don't have the dice for it. Um, it can't be trapped and that sort of thing. You need sons. So I took a couple of wounds off it. Yes. And just that was about it. I killed it eventually. Just like four turns of taking a couple of wounds off it. Um, every, every, every turn, every, each Gorgoth beast, because it gets nine shots. Yes. Yes. Each. So that's 18 shots. He was averaging 10 to 12 hits a turn. Whoa. He was taking off Royal Guard and the twos and the threes. Uh, it was deadly. So I've got this, like, about three quarters of my army in the middle of the board in this circle that's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, Gambling's in the middle trying to fight off a bat swarm. Hummer is being amazing. He's calling moves and he's calling fights and combats. Yeah. And Thaden's like, I've got an opening. So him, uh, one of the others, managed to get into this orc that was coming around the end. Might have been a spider even. He calls the heroic combat. He busts out and he rides for it. Couple of orc trackers take shots at him. The arrows go wild. He rides into the enemy's camp. He sets fire to it. He grabs all their stuff and he rides home with it because he failed his courage test the very next turn. <laughs> Just flat up and legged it. <laughs> so he got me six points, but he cost me three, and the army was broken by that point. So we're at six all draw. The enemy orc captain, who is the leader, has gotten into my camp, but I've mm -hmm. left a quarter of my army there. Um, Eowyn calls some stuff, finishes off all the wag riders that came with him. I shot out his wag. I surround him. He strikes up. I use my might killing wag riders. He shields. He wins the fight. We've got one more turn because the spider came and ate one of my guys. So I'm now quartered. Last turn. If I can take a wound off this guy, That's I win. Game. That's GG. If he can kill enough of his guys, because he, he did bring a few spiders yeah. in, he can take my camp. It's his. Turns out nothing died that turn except the one guy to end it. And so... Game ends. It's a draw. Six all. Oh, mm. So yeah, we both made critical errors. Just on he didn't leave a guard. I left far too much of a guard. And lessons learned. That's a draw. Not leaving a guard and storm the camp hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. Or I'm yeah, because sure they've got the new rule as well, where you feel this in your own one, so you don't even have to leave yeah. them out. You can leave one or also. Yeah. What caught me is it doesn't auto end once you storm a camp. Yes. You, you yes. fight yeah. onto the quarter. Yeah. Can we talk about that? I love the new storm the camp. Oh, I thought yeah, it was, it was All great. All the new scenarios are fantastic. It just caught me by surprise. Around. I'm like, I will ride for glory. No, I won't. I'll run for it. Yeah, no, no, but Which, I'm, I'm, that's, I think that's legitimately my favorite That's one. also another game that my lack of Urkham brand has cost me. I'm keeping count. Just lack of A. <laughs> Every time point. you lose, you say it's because you but don't know. No, 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 no. I fouled by two. Oh, if you I fouled had Urkham brand, right. no, I would have passed. If I had a horn, no good. Had to be Urkham brand. Just make an Urkham Brown list. They're going to change you up in the next edition. You know yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Come That's on. why well, I have to buy one and then they're going to change it and I can't be stuck. Yeah, but the new one will still be good. The new one will like, still be good. Even a, th a three might here on, on horse with fight five is always going to be good. So that was mission three. That was mission two? No, that three. was mission, mission two. two. Now on to mission three. On to mission three. Good, good segue, David. That was good. Good leaving. <laughs> I'm like, what are we up to? We're up to mission three. Let's start. Okay, Kylie. So for me, I was playing, I think it was uh, To the Death. Also known as the Banner One. The Banner One, yes, the Banner One. And I was playing our good friend Sam from um, Sydney. Uh, shout out to Sam. Awesome dude. And I picked up Sam's lifts and went, okay, this is slightly problematic due to the fact that he has a banner and I do not. 
in the banner mission. Yes, because uh, as as we discussed before, how Brad doesn't have the banner because it didn't exist yet. Possibly. So I had to think of a cunning plan to defeat this army of Mordor with a Dark Marshal, a Gothmog, and a whole bunch of other nasty things without the use of a banner. Or a cunning plan. Or a cunning plan. So I asked Josh quietly as he was walking past. Or a cunning plan. Josh, can we choose the side table edges? And Josh turns to me and says, if you want to be a jerk, Kylie, go right ahead. <laughs> That's the best opening ever And I ever turned for you. to Sam, <laughs> who was listening in on this conversation, and I turned to Sam and went, Sam, I'm sorry to do this to you, but I am going to be a jerk. It sounds like one of those lines that like, oh, you can do it if you want, where there'd be the slow zoom in with the color change and the ominous music, probably a clap of thunder in the background. Yeah, that was pretty much what happened. So I chose the side table edge because it had more terrain, more stuff for me to duck and weave in behind, but it most crucially put less terrain on Sam's half the board. So I was able to get some early kills and we're shooting because Sam had some like Mogul Stalkers in there, which were really frustrating some Spectres, and as I said, Gothamog, and some Morgul Knights as well. All, of course, backed up by um, Ran and Orcs. Yeah. So. I played him later, and it was a nasty army. Nasty army. It was pretty pretty, pretty hard to take on straight up. Sam... Is hopeless? Wasn't hopeless. Oh, good, good. He's improved. Well done, Sam. You've improved. But he moved his banner forward first turn, allowed me to get some shots at it, and unfortunately for me, I didn't get to kill it. So Sam was able to back that banner all the way to the back corner of the board where I was not ever going to be able to touch it. And I turned to the table and went, okay, the new objective is to break Sam without being broken. That was my only chance of winning this game. And thankfully, Sam walked into my trap. It's a trap! As Sam was running towards me at full pelt, marching and everything, I backed off my army three inches. I ducked to the side, rearranged and completely changed the battle lines of the, of the fight. And when Sam tried to get close... All my heroes ran in with their points of might and then just starting cutting down Moran and Orcs left, right and center. Because that was a low model count army as well. Yeah, it was 30 models. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, no, not 30 models. 27 models. I also had a Castellan in there yes. as well. Two two full warbands and yeah. a Castellan. But when you when you have so much shooting spread out in a nice concave... Ah, uh, yes. The Crescent Moon Formation. The Crescent Moon Formation. I did a textbook Crescent Moon Formation. And as the army ran in, I was able to just pick off things. Even Stalkers, which I was able to get fluky kills on because I just was cutting so many fire corridors and kept changing the angles up that I just kept... There was no place for them to hide. It was like, I'm going to hide behind this wall and get shot in the back by that guy over there. Or I'm going to go hide behind this model and get shot by that guy over there. Or the guy in front of me gets shot out and killed, leaving me in the open. So I was able to do that. The one thing I think Sam probably missed was he shouldn't have cast so many black darts. He yeah, kept that trying happened to, in my game as yeah, well. Yeah, he kept trying to take out Aladdin over his horses with the black dart. And I just went, okay, resist and walk out of range. And then Sam was kind of out of in options his defense, at that point. If you can take those guys off the horse, yeah. that would... That would, in my mind, yeah. be a very good yeah. thing. And also can yeah. wound them as well, so it's not it's not a yeah. terrible choice. And wasn't a terrible choice. Two I will? Think you were starting uh, two, three. No, do they have two will to resist, do they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that even then, it, it sucks again, their will If Thaden can resist it, I'm sure the yeah. Elven Twins can. Yeah, but you throw you yeah. throw a will to resist it, don't you, or two? Like, yeah. you, you, don't, you want to keep your horse, so that's yeah. good. it's a good baiting spell. Yeah. Like, if it's a transfix or something, who cares? Yeah. I think you should have used Compel to bring my guys forward. So that he could then slingshot off them. And like the big thing as well is he lost both his two big heroes, Gothmite and the Dark Marshals, Orth and Wag, respectively. Yeah. So it just gave me too much of a maneuverability edge. I focused everything on the cav and 
I was just sinking my points into killing cavalry models mm-hmm. just because I knew that how much of a problem they were going to be if they got close. And mm-hmm. when you walk into a fire uh, firing squad, that's what happens. Not bad, not bad. So another win for you, Kylie. You're on fire. Yeah, three yeah. on day one. Out I think I three. ended up. Uh, Did you get a, to use a table advantage or? Uh, no, my opponent has a table advantage in that scenario. Oh, no. So Sam had the, uh, he got to re-roll priority once during the game, which didn't overly help him because I always had, uh, always kept losing priority. That's Fantastic. one way to take away your opponent's mm. advantages. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a good way of doing it. That definitely helps. So I was playing against Nick D from Adelaide, um, who was very excited to play for an Adelaide guy. And I was, I had no idea how good a player he was because... Like, we know the Adelaide players talk a good game. We know that they've got some playing ability. They've been playing for a while. Uh, he had the Agma list. So he Shade, had the Witch King, the Shades. It was like a scary list. But I got to choose a side because I was in Rohan. So I chose the side with the most rivers. I thought, I'm happy with rivers. I've got goats. I've got a chariot. He's got one cavalry model. That's a Witch King. I'm going to play on the river. So that's all good. So not a lot of terrain. My crossbowmen were able to, to do some damage to North Captain early on and scare him to the back rank. They also did some some random wounds here or there. I think I killed a Barrow White early on because I was really scared of them because at this point I didn't know the Chariot was immune to Barrow Whites. Um, so that's in the it's FAQ. Immune to, nice. It's immune to Paralyze and Nature's... Uh, the Core Winds. Okay. Yeah, that yeah. can't affect it at all. Transfix and Capel can be affected by as long as you target the driver. Which we, we did... Like, I don't know. I, we did this. You've got to measure to the driver, like a Mumak. If it I'm specifies right. targeting the driver, you would have to, surely. Yeah, that's what I thought, but it's Otherwise, not, you're just targeting it's the not model. Clear. It could be either way. But anyway, that's how that's how I ruled it then, and no one was upset with that, really. So, the Witch King had no problem reaching the Barrow Whites. Wouldn't anyway. So, I ended up... My goats were trying to bait on the side, trying to pull the orcs away. They didn't take the bait. My shooting just didn't quite do enough. And we ended up in combat, and I was losing combat after combat. I got my chariot into a position where it could do a run. I got really excited. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is it. This is it. Because the only thing that's going to do any kills whatsoever is the chariot. It's the only thing. So I get there. I'm up against just an orc with a shield. Like, yeah, this is going to start it up. And I'm going to run through these lines. And I'm going to cause all tri- kinds of trouble. And I get there and I roll. And I stop on the orc. That's the chariot we know. I walked over at this exact moment where Jeremy picks up the dice. And I'm just like, wait, you actually got to move the chariot? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he throws the dice. And the three ones came up taunting Jeremy and Jeremy just has this look of utter defeat on his face going, ah, I'm going to have to try this next turn. And the ones are so demoralizing because there's so many things in this game now that reroll ones. You're used to just assuming they're a good thing, especially since I was a hurried player for so long. Every time I'd shoot at something, I'm like, nice, that's two sixes and five ones. Yes. Oh, oops. No, never mind. So, so I was demoralized at that point, and but like I'm not demoralized for long. So I went, okay, that didn't work. Let's reset and let's try for next turn. So I had to survive that turn. So did lots of shielding, did lots of surviving. Uh, my goats were, were breaking even because they were well, actually they were coming out slightly ahead because they were at, a whole bunch of them were out of the shades range. The one that was in the shades range was breaking even. It was just trying to pin the spectre. The spectres are nasty, especially against goat riders. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. they forced us. the dismount. And they no, yes, they forced the dismount, but also they Lie they wound on four the pluses. Oh, I didn't care about that. <laughs> okay. They wound me on four pluses because I've got one minus courage from the Witch King, and they're strength three. Oh yes, of course. So those are nasty. Like those are killers. So I was trying to get rid of that. Couldn't get rid of them, but yeah, eventually we did. So I was just holding on for dear life, losing two dwarfs for every one orc I killed. So I wasn't doing well at all. Um, I was in a lot of trouble, and my chariot was getting like a one turn. I think got transfixed. Didn't do anything. Uh, I got another chance for it. Finally got another turn. Got it all set up. Lined up the same orc as before. Got ready to roll it on. Yell the goats on. Go goats. You can do this. You can do this. Run him down. Stopped on the orc again. So two turns. Stopped on the same damn orc. 
couldn't do anything. So I just thought at this point, I like in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I've got two wins. It's the third game. I've already done better than I expected. I'm okay. I'm okay losing this. It's okay. It's a tough army. But it's the Iron shade. Hills. Shade. I, I hate the, the shade. Of the good shade side. sucks. There's no no problem losing to a shade because everyone knows how much it sucks. So at this yeah. point, I'm thinking, oh, the other. It's just such a tough army. But then I wait a second. Okay. I've still got to keep playing. I've still got to keep playing. So I started targeting the Witch King with the crossbow. Yep. Took it down to one wound, no fate. And Getting then the Witch King down to one wound. Just and then Nick you know. hit it. Basically, so I couldn't get any more shots off it. So I'm like, oh, damn, this is annoying. Like, I almost got him dead, but he passed all his fate. So, like, oh, okay, that sucks. Because I did two wounds on it, and it passed yep. by fate. Duh, almost, almost. So I'm like, what's my next biggest target? Okay, my, my chariot's bogged down. I'm going to shoot this damn shade, because it's, it's just killing me. I'll just... I'll just if I could take a wound off the shade, I take a wound off the shade. I'm in desperate yep. times. Desperate times. So desperate I measures. Picked up the crossbow, aimed it at the shade, had it like in the way, who cares? Got five shots for my roll for my D6. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. End result, two wounds on the shade. Down to one nice. wound. Down to one wound. My eyes lit up. Like my demeanor totally changed. I'm like, I'm going to win this game. I just know it. <laughs> the crossbow did it for me. All I have to do is get priority because no one had any mind at this point. It's like, if I get priority... I'm going to run that shade down and then let's have a game. Then let's have a game. I might be broken, but I don't care. You will have no shade and I'll turn around and win this game. So I turned around. I got priority. I was over in the mood, revved up the chariot, fully expecting to get like the first orc that I'll stop on again. Got over that orc, took him down, took down the shade, followed up, ran over the witch king behind him and then proceeded on to run over about 10 orcs behind that as well, taking the Angmar army from unbroken to quartered. In, in the one same t- turn. In the same wow, turn. Yeah, nice. yeah. So my aim was to break them just so they got the courage test. I ended the game that turn by running <laughs> over the whole damn army. And I finally got my move off where my dwarves basically stood there, stood there. There was about seven of them left or whatever. And they just pulled back and let the chariot run over everyone else. And and like Nick was actually thought I played it really well the whole game. I don't know if I played it that well. Um, but I think it would have been very different if I got the chariot across yeah. early. But just like at that point, I just went, okay, if I've got the chariot, I've got a chance. Stay, stay in the game. Stay in the game. Because I took out over a quarter of his army in one chariot go, including two big nasty heroes. And it got me the leader kill because the Witch King was the leader. It got me the break. So we both got broken. And like I managed Did either to get, of you have a banner? I killed, I kept my banner alive and I killed a goat rider followed up at the end of that turn and ran down their banner. So I got the banner as well. So I got you snatched a win. I got a good win as well. Like it was a high point win. Wow! It was like a seven one or eight one or something like that. Because my leader's still alive, Jeremy. You never cease to. So I got three wins. So I'm I'm at this point. I'm like I'm in the best mood ever because I've just gone three wins. The worst I can get is break even with an army that I expect to get zero wins. Like. Oh, over the moon, over the moon. And Nick was a great opponent, and I think I gave him my best sports as well because he was he did not. Like, nothing phased him about that. He was having good fun. The only thing that phased him was that um, he kept leaning his arm on my terrain. And, like, he kept getting, like, this like black stuff on his arm. He's like, what is this? What is this? I'm like, you're probably rubbing the paint off the terrain. And he looked at it. And I saw these little gray, like, patches around the Rohan area. He's like, oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so that was the only thing that phased him was he was getting black stuff on his arm. So he had fun. He, David, he used the same tactics he did against you. His magic powers. He rolled one dice for them constantly. And on that dice, he rolled a one every time. 
So his Witch King was just okay. one die. So he learned because he was throwing like two, three dice at me and he was no, punching. No, he was throwing one die once. Yep. So he couldn't get a power off to save his life. I think he transfixed my chariot once, transfixed my captain once, but I didn't care. Like it was against one all. Yeah. And that's a magic heavy army to be only getting one or two spells off. Yeah. I did shoot down a barrel white early on and I think he was yeah. a bit oh, surprised. That would help that. also. Magic is fickle. I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. You've said it more than once. You've definitely said it more than once. I know. I, I'm, I'm reiterating my I was point. actually having conversations with people on forums just recently about that. This is a bit of an aside. But they all, like, they're saying, how do you deal with something? And the answer is always magic. And I always give the answer that something other than magic, like how do you deal with just tactics? Because when you rely on magic, it's going to fail you. Everyone knows how good magic is. It is, is. downright Ma- useful, though. Magic solves everything, but it, not every time. Doesn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not reliable. So anyway, David. Okay, so because I scored a draw in mission two... And the good side had so many people winning so many games. Mm-hmm. I counted as losing it. So I was playing Hold Ground, which is the mission where you wander on from all over the edge and try and head to the middle. The okay, so run to the middle. Yes. Run to the middle scenario. Yeah, move gotcha. on, run to the middle. In Old Gilead against Cole. So this was the converted army to the theme when of I the game. That, yeah, yeah, to the theme of the game that the I game I played. The, the army I played so in turn one. People tell me it had a really great theme, but I don't recognize the conversions, so... I'll just take the word for it. No, it was a good thing. It's a good thing. Okay. It's creatively done. So, it was. Thaden, because the good players that we had on Osgiliath Mission 2 weren't all that great, is at Neg 1 Courage. So, he's Courage 4. Correct. Um, but, we lose the role to move on. So, Evil moves on. I'm like, right, I've got all these throwing weapons. Gothmorg's on a wag. I'm going to ambush Gothmorg. It's going to be great. Gothmorg decided not to show up turn one. So, <laughs> I'm tactic. like, hey... That's a gore bag over in that corner by himself because theme-wise, apparently, he's like some guy who didn't have a warband in the game. So he's by himself. Points for theme, but I'm like, I'm going to beat that guy up. So I brought on all my warbands as close to that corner as I could. I pelted him with throwing weapons. He survived because apparently, theme-wise, he's immune to throwing weapons. So next turn, I just walked in and we scrapped in combat for a couple of turns and killed him. Yeah. Problem solved. Three might off the board. Happy days. However, Theodred and my magic standard both failed to show up. So I'm like, oh, where'd they go? I found out in turn two when Gothmore walks on and Theodred and Gambling with their throwing weapon guys walk on behind him and take him off his wag. <laughs> so the rest of that game was this whole pile of Moran and Orcs getting in between Gambling and Theodred and the rest of my army to try and stop the banner yeah. getting back to them. But Gambling and Theodred are like, we don't care. We're going we're gonna to beat up Gothmore now he's off his wag. So they went in with their fight five and they brought him down like one wound, no fate or something before he was able to escape into his horde of Moran and Orcs. After that, it was just pincering them from two sides, slowly grinding inwards, taking casualties, losing models, until one of my royal guard had walked around the ruined bell tower because we were choke-pointed. I'm like, you just go around, see what happens. He gets halfway there and he's like, so far away, I can't make it in this turn. I'll just throw my weapon. That's a goth morgue over there. Hitting on fives, (laughs) wounding on sixes, take him off. (laughs) I love that, I love that. I've done so many times, I love that. The casual game went off the... uh... Yeah, he's just like, oh, it's too far, I'll just stop here and throw my weapon at somebody. So in the end, it was a narrow win to me. We both had a whole lot of guys in the middle, but I got the leader kill. We might have both broken or something like that, but yeah. So narrow win to the forces are good. And Thaden, turns out, if you want Thaden to stay on the board, you put him at neg one courage. Because as long as there's a Witch King or a like Gondor in peril or something, he's fine. It's only when he hits Courage 5 that he's in trouble. Yeah, that, that's heartbreaking. I know, how many times do you see the double one fail Courage test of something? Yeah. Yeah. Any, anything but a double one and then he's yes. straight off. Yes. Double one. Uh, the, other, 
The other thing to bring up in this is the Taskmaster, I think was a huge trap for this army because heroes that were in Taskmaster range were using might in situations where it might work, but it wasn't great odds. So I think that army would have actually played a whole lot better without the Taskmaster because Cole was playing a good, tight game until the Taskmaster got there. And then he's like, right, I'm in Taskmaster range. Watch this. Yeah. I'm going to unleash everything. And then he botched like four Taskmaster rolls yeah. in a row. But yeah, yeah, he was playing a good, tight game right up to that moment. The Taskmaster just went, you know what? Watch how many threes I can roll. <laughs> yeah, that, that that is a big trap. And that was a common theme across the, the event, I think. I heard lots of people talked about mm-hmm. going against Taskmasters and how people just throw all their might at crazy things. Mm-hmm. And I think the tactic for them is to just play normal. Don't, yeah. like, it's a bonus. If you get it, you get it. Conserve your might still. It's not It's not free might. It's not Aragorn. Like, it's, like I, it was, I agree 100%. I will call this heroic combat with my captain against three models to break the fight apart so that some other guy who can heroic combat can then pick off that guy by himself sort of thing. It was really, like... It was a huge salient tactically. It's like this has to work, then this has to work, then this has to work. It's going to take four points of might. Let's see if they're free. So yeah, you know, I, I don't like. I don't like it. I feel like that's a bit of a trap. And played in the hands of someone who knows what they're doing, it's it's a nightmare. But when someone just gets mm. a bit excited about their might usage, it's, it's gold. Especially but, when you have a Gothmog with a Taskmaster, that combination can be lethal because of just how much resources you have at your disposal. But if you well, don't, you just bring the banner of extra might. <laughs> if you don't treat the resources with respect, there. They can, you can just flush it all down the toilet. On the other side, though, if you do play a practice game and you get those four pluses, you're going to go into the tournament going, how awesome is this? Like, wait, just watch this. I'm going to call five heroic combats and it's going to... You know. So that is the trap that it will work for you sometimes. And you'll you'll get convinced that that's, that's what it will... It can do that. It's in the rules. but Just as easy as it is for something to be able to do something, it is just as likely for them to not be able to do it at the same time. Correct. Agreed, agreed. Okay, so I think that's that's our talking about our game one. Game, at the end of that, we all went out for dinner, didn't we? Uh, yes, end of day one. Yep. We. This is good as well. I really like this for this event. Oh, I've oh. Got, Kylie's got some stuff to talk about. Shall I tell this story or show you? Which, which one? The parking story. The parking story, yes. I was going to go into the parking story. Okay, so... Bunch of us, we're going to walk over this venue, but Kylie's like, I got a car, let's drive. So we pile into the car, there's like five Wargamers, and we're looking for a park, and we see one, but the car behind is pulled a little bit too far forward, and the car in front is pulled back a little bit. The three of us in the back, we looked at it, and we went, that spot is smaller than this car, we can't fit. And Kylie's like, nah, I think we can fit. So we go for the reverse parallel, and we stop, and we're like, we can't actually see, because it's dark, and like, you know, it's raining, it's like, so... Matt gets out and he's like, I'll watch the back. So he's watching the back and we get right up to it. And then we're like, oh, we're going forward. We need someone now to watch the front. One of us was going to get out, but Matt just runs for the front. He's like, no, I'm not letting anyone else. So he sprints to the front. He's waving it in. Takes like 16 shots. But like when we all got out at the end, there was the car. And there was about 10 centimeters on either side. And we're just like, if we hadn't have been in the car, like we would have, I would have assumed that like 20 guys just came and picked up the car and walked it in sideways. Like, this was the quality park. Like, you know, precision. With that amount of people, you probably could have just done that. It would have like, been easier. We, we did actually suggest that. We're like, it's the only parking spot around. Let's just pick up the car and walk it in. Like, you know, we're tough and manly. We can do this. But Kylie's like, no, nah, I got this. I didn't know about this story. This is why you're so late to the dinner. Oh, yeah. We're, like, <laughs> no, it wasn't the parking that took ages. We were just applauding afterwards. We're like, mind blown. It's pretty tough in my uh, parallel park. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I did not expect that story. Fantastic. Well done. (laughs) 
So we, we went all went out. Um, our bookings were a bit confusing. We had the booking for eight and we all got there like just after six. So we decided that we would just eat at the bar essentially. And, and we all had a good time there. It was, it was really good that everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people got together and, and had, had some dinner together and had some drinks together and some laughs and lots of people we hadn't seen for a while. So hmm. it was uh, definitely, definitely recommend doing that at an event. Just get everyone, if it's a two day, get everyone out for Yeah. Dinner. One thing, hanging out with people out of tournaments, another thing, hanging out in an actual social mm. situation. And it is, it's just so relaxing hanging out with people who share the hobby because you can mention Arathorn in casual conversation and everyone knows who you're talking about. It's just, yeah, it's such a different feeling. Yeah, no, that, that is really good. And you can have normal conversations like like about anything, about yeah. your life oh, stuff. We, we had normal conversations. But, but you could be go back to, oh, and by the way, my game three was amazing yeah. as well. Yeah. Just uh, But you just could be talking about the weather and if you compare it to, say, I don't know, the Blighted Isle or, I don't know, Numenor. Like, it's so wet out there. It's like it's flooded, whatever. People know what you're talking about. But just on that as well, like a little tip for all the other war gamers out there with uh, girlfriends and wives and spouses and things like that. Make sure you don't neglect... Your uh, significant other, whilst you're talking nerd speak with your uh, with yeah. your friends, because we had some um, we had some like girlfriends and stuff that were there with this, and there was at one point where I turned around and like I saw, I saw some of the other girls there, and they had this look of complete boredom on their face, and like, why am I here? What am I doing here? Do you think the Green Dragon should produce like a phrase book so you could like well? You know, oh, no, how about Aragon, just, right? He always it would. It'd be nice if, in those situations, when you have like a girlfriend or something mm-hmm. there, to you know, bring them into a conversation that yeah. you know they don't feel completely uh, uncomfortable in. So what you're saying is, don't don't bring them into by saying, give them the full history of Numenor just before. No, yeah. no okay, the problem gotcha. with domination is you've always got to walk it in. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I get you well. Okay, so that, that's another one. No. That seems to be pretty common sense. No. Like, just leave your girlfriend at home. I know, like, that's, but, that's <laughs> but sometimes, like, for a couple of the the girlfriends that were there came down interstate, so no, no, they I couldn't exactly go home. So, you know. I, and in fairness, like, we were having we were having a, a conversation about all kinds of things as well. Yes. It wasn't just wargaming yes. stuff, and that was good. Dave and I, we left relatively early, like, we yeah we stayed for dinner but we didn't stay for the after dinner whatever's no so did you stay for the gossiping about the other stuff happening on the other side of the bar don't think so no 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 no, no yeah. we, we didn't so if there's anything you want to catch us up on Kylie otherwise we will have well a uh, the problem is if I go into this gossip session Josh is probably gonna have to kill me yeah no, so don't just don't, just don't. yeah easy yeah mm-hmm. easy no it's it's good fun it was it was and we we're all having fun at that time we all had, what did we had uh, eight wins between us or something like that one draw. Uh, wins one yeah. No one lost, so that's good. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I think the good side was pretty comfortably ahead, wasn't it? Wasn't as ahead as we thought. It was only like 20 victory points mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah. The so it good, wasn't huge. The good side had a, had more of the players with consistently high wins, but the evil side had a lot more players with consistently middle wins. That's so true, yeah. the we, yeah. actual totals were a lot closer. So yeah. what you're saying is we had a pretty good team, except we had Tim and Mason. Yeah. We had a few people. Yeah. It was it was evil were getting a lot of really big huge wins, whilst good was just winning a lot more of the games. So okay, yeah, we're winning out of the I think it was like sixteen games going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, we were winning like um or like nine or ten of them. But the problem was evil was winning them, you know, okay. twelve victory points to three. So they were clawing victory back the victory points on the other on yeah. the other games as well. Yep, yeah, right. so, yeah. But yeah, that was what was happening when they were winning. They were winning big. And when Good was losing, they were losing big. So it was kind of evening it out. Okay, well, let's have a break. We'll come back with day two. 
Welcome back, listeners. So we had a, a nice musical break there to represent our sleep that we got. Kylie, did you get much sleep? I got heaps of sleep. So did I. I got too. more sleep than I like got for ages. I actually got home and went for a massive walk, like for just uh, like about an hour and a half, just walking around, clearing my head, getting some exercise, all this sort of stuff, planning about how I'm going to win three games in a row on day two, and then on a third day that doesn't exist, win another three games in a row because I was on fire. Oh, that. That's the easiest way to win three games in a row. Show up on a day when no one else is <laughs> oh, there. Oh, yeah, that was, that was a good plan. And, David, you got home a reasonable time as well. So we all were well-rested, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Which is quite unusual for a day two. But it is. Solid eight-hour sleep. And none of us had overdrank or anything like that. There was no silliness. No. So that was all pretty good. bit hard to do that when you have to drive. but Yeah, well, I was the only one that didn't drive. So I could have, but I chose not to because my yes. bank account would have probably died at those venues in the city. Yes, and I don't think anyone was going to be getting anywhere close to where Andreas got in terms of intoxic. So Andreas was the main casualty. He still turned up the second day. He still it wasn't as bad as Clash. Which team was he on? He was good. Uh, he was on good. Okay, that, yeah. that, 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 wasn't as bad as Clash, but uh, he was a bit still a bit worse for wear. So our plan to hamstring the opponents failed. I wouldn't say it failed. The Australia, the South Australia boys definitely uh, had probably I would say a little bit too much to drink, but. Uh, their alcohol tolerance was a lot higher than, uh, well, at least me. So the plan to have the good side just rock up and just there be no evil players day two fell through. It's a pity, but these yeah. things happen. Yeah, they do. They do. So we're all fresh. We're all ready to go. We're still excited. We're still having fun. And uh, we'll start with Kylie, your first game. First game. Game one. Okay. So as I mentioned earlier, I played Thomas at another point in the tournament. And this was this point. Game four of the tournament. Domination, most likely. Domination. Against and the Hunter I had, Thomas Army? Yep. Against the 40 model Hunter Rock Army. Oh, I think it was 39. Yeah, but that's standard yeah. Hunter Rock. Hunter Rocks get a lot of models. 40 models against 20, I think it was like 24 for me, with Bolg and a whole bunch of two attack models. And I was like, oh, this, this, is, this has got a recipe for disaster here. And domination you can set up on the center line. So I was like, okay. So start of the game, I'm like th- running through scenarios and stuff and Thomas hands me his list and so I'm like going through and I'm like, all right, all right, all right. And to add insult to injury, Thomas had a Silmaril Ooh, with nice. the army bonus. So I'm looking across the table so going, this, this is your one chance. This is my one chance. So I'm looking across the table going, ah, oh, crap. He's got a free priority at this game. He can re-roll priority at any point during this game. And he's got me in an objective scenario. When you are high courage, though, so that's something. Yeah, I am high courage, but I was looking at this game going, oh, this is, I'm going to seriously have to go into the tank. So I'm like trying to think of different ways of setting up. I'm like running through my options. I'm like delay, like slowly dropping down my warbands and kind of formulating plans and going to come up with this intricate plan. I've got the twins in the perfect spot, so they're able to react to Bog no matter where he charges my line. I've got all my heroes protected in certain ways. Arathorn's at the back. Everything is this like perfectly intricate web of a deployment. It's like if you saw a deployment, this this would be up there in terms of some of the best deployment you ever saw. And then Thomas gets priority turn one and moves backwards. But don't you have the shooting army? Yes, yes, yes. Which but is why why I looked looked at the table, looked at Thomas, and watched him as he picked up Bolg and moved him ten inches backwards behind the building. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what just happens? Wait, Say wait, wait. what? If you have a Silmaril, you don't have to win to hold it. You've just got to draw. Yes. His, his, was he timing out the round? or? I'm not sure, but after talking to him at the end of the game, his plan was to get himself quartered. A solid plan and domination. Be, <laughs> be on three of the 
five objectives yes. and win because he has more objectives. That sounds downright it's, similar it's, to my plan. Yeah, it was yeah, the the problem oh, bad, bad the, plan. the problem with this plan is it should never be your starting plan. Because if you're expecting to be quartered, you're not gonna have the models to be able to capture the objectives. Oh no, and that the plan involves finding the models to capture the objectives. That's the plan. I, I, I turned to Thomas and at the end of the game, I went, that can't be a plan because I proceeded to shoot him off the table. I was making, learning my mistakes from years past and I was making sure I was counting exactly how many models were dead. And literally every time I got a kill, I asked, how many models till you break? And made sure I knew and he knew exactly how many models. And then when he was one more model from being broken, I ran my entire army into him and right combat the crap through him. Mm-hmm. I killed, I think, I nearly quartered him from, from breaking. I think he was like two models off, but I killed another a 10, a good 10 models in combat that turn, leapfrogged everything over his flimsy front line, because remember, he's down to 20 models now out of yes, the 39 yes. he started with, and just swarmed the objective with rangers, and it was just, it was an uphill battle for Thomas at that point, once I had gotten everything. This is interesting, because I gave Thomas tactical advice at the end of our game two game. I said, you move forward. All the time. Yeah. All the time. No matter what. No matter who you're going against, you are hunter You've or You've got a fragile forward. army that destroys things in combat. It's probably the best combat army in the game, quite Pretty frankly. Close, like, yeah. It's up there. It'll be up yeah. there. There wouldn't be much better than it. There's half trolls, then there's hunter orcs, bam. It's Yeah, the hunter orcs have the, the two attack strength for everywhere. Everywhere. Hunter so orcs are only... half trolls. Half trolls. Yeah, but half trolls are usually together in a front line. This is mm-hmm. like... this is yeah. We're talking 40 models. With two attack strength four. They're what, half the price of a half troll? Yeah. Yes, right. yes. They're, and you've got Bolg, who's... Okay, yeah. Bolg, yes, yes, yes. And no, that's Thomas just misgaged everything. He misgaged break. He misgaged the opportunity he had. Like, I only was going to get one round of shooting against him. If he had actually caught her at March turn one, ran everything at me, I was only going to get the one round right, of shooting. Close, close deployment. Close deployment. So... Yeah, well, I you should have marched. You, sh- you should have marched turn one and really put pressure on me. I like, I had, as I said, I had the intricate web ready to go, and I just, I was, I almost felt a little disappointed because yeah. I had this plan ready. I had, yeah. it wasn't just a it plan. Was it was just as planned moment, and then the opponent a, just wandered off. It's it was, like, it was like I had the plan that had a backup plan that had a backup plan, and I had like contingency plans for that. It was like this intricate web, and then. My opponent robbed me of my opportunity to use this mm-hmm. cunning plan and just walked backwards. And I'm like, <laughs> this is, yeah. to be honest, a little, it was a little disappointing. It was a little yeah. disappointing. You know what? I was actually thinking about your, because I think your list is super powerful. I know you oh, probably, you I can think, argue if you want. I think it's super powerful. After playing it over the, over the weekend, I would definitely say that list is super strong. Like power level, I think it, it's well up there with a Corsair list. Like it's huge. It's yeah, really I, if I was going to pick a list to take on my Corsairs with, it would, this, yeah. would be, this would be up there. So it's a strong, strong, strong list. But if I was going to beat it, I would take Bolg and 40 Hunter Orcs and I would run it in your face so fast that your elves couldn't kill fast enough. Like your, 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 all your support would be gone. I would be protecting Bolg. You might have one shot at him, but then if he strikes up, you'd... You, yeah. yeah, it's not guaranteed strike at all. Yeah. So that that would probably to play to play your army. That would be the way to do it, Thomas. I I think you just missed a golden opportunity. You missed you missed a big opportunity. There is one simple explanation. Power of the Silmarils is such that they blind and burn all creatures of evil that handle them. It's entirely possible that Bolg was you know he picked one up and it burnt him and he screamed and ran off. 
Because that's some powerful quite, magic quite, right quite there. Quite possibly. And I was, I, was, I was pretty happy to, to at least get my hands on the Silmaril at any point. And mm-hmm. the moment I did, the moment I got my hands on the Silmaril, Tim walks up to me and goes, 10 bucks says you're going to lose that in the last round. You're going to win your next game. And in the very last round, you're going to lose and you're going to give up that Silmaril. I went, and I looked at him and went, Tim, get the hell out of here. Then Tim kind of. Shuffled off. With was that his, the game he won or was that the other one? No, no, no. It wasn't quite yet. It was, okay, it was okay. the next round okay. where he, again, if he had won, then some, that would be understandable. Yes, yes, yes. You can say that sort of thing when you're winning. Tim was Tim was a bit of a butt of a joke. So he, he copped a lot because he took he took an army that's really tough to win with and then lost the one scenario that, that he's almost guaranteed to win with. Yeah. So he, he copped it a lot in the yeah. team tournament. He, he had one job, win Reconnoiter, and then just don't lose by much in the rest of them, and he stuffed it up. Mm-hmm. So he was he was copying it a fair bit. Mm-hmm. So poor Tim. I feel sorry for you a bit. No, not really. Um, so you got a Silmaril. I got a Silmaril. Oh, Yay. One of the three. I one of the three. It. I had it, and I'm like, as soon as I got it, I'm, I'm looking at the Silmaril on my hand. And the stress level ticks up? And the stress level just went, like, at the start of this tournament, you said that, at the start of this class, you said that you were more stressed than any other tournament. And I have to agree with you. Day one, I, it was, I was cool as a cucumber. Yeah. Day two, oh, my stress levels went through the roof. Okay, so speaking of stress levels, I was I was sitting pretty. Like three wins, I'm pretty happy with this. I'm going to go for fourth. I thought, yeah, I'll g- I'm going to get four. Let's get four. And then I'm finishing over half. So I was really excited about that. And then I saw who turned up against me. Geordie, who's a pretty solid player. Geordie always gives me trouble. Like, he, he actually thinks that I'm way better than him, but every single time I've played him... What was I've, the list? I've managed to scrape out just a very minor win. It was a shade. A shade. Yes. So my second Definitely shade in a row. shade. shade. I'll play Geordie later too. Birder. Ooh. Birder. With you know, a shade. With a shade? Yep. Two cave trolls. Ouch. Mm-hmm. You know how what they do to troll. With Birder and a shade. You know what they yep. do to... Chariots. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a mouth of Sauron. There was. Mm-hmm. Which is I don't quite get the theme there, but that was like it was a perfectly theme list except for that. It's it's because when you need a just sort of generic-y sort of evilish sort of guy who most people won't recognise. Yeah, he's and he's not powerful enough that people complain about him. Is also the other theory. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that's fair call, but I just think a rape would have been better for what yeah. he was doing. But oh, anyway, yes. anyway, because it was like almost perfectly themed. And there was what else was there? There was like there a was banner. Four, there was a banner. About 20-odd orcs. Some spectres. And about four or five spectres. Yeah, the spectres are a nightmare. So this is a game that I... This is probably, like I said, the Hunter Orcs with Kylie's worst matchup. This is probably my worst matchup. I looked at this and went, oh, no. And it was the domination as well. So I thought, okay, my, my only chance is really that they'll group together. They'll stay together. No. Geordie camped on objectives. He got the back objectives. He moved forward. He moved past the middle objective to my objective. I tried to bait him away with goats. He wasn't taking anything there. The specters were just playing around with them and getting them to do things. I was in a lot of trouble and I got there. The cave trolls arrived at my chariot. I thought, okay, okay, let's just do this. Let's shoot the trolls and let's run them over. So I got the gun out, shot at the trolls. No wounds. Okay, okay, that's, that's all right. That's what we wanted to hear. That's all right, that's all right. I've got, I've got this. I've it's got the exact this. opposite of what we wanted I to hear. I'll just run over them. So I thought, if I just get priority, when to get priority, that didn't get priority. Called the heroic move. Geordie decides to call heroic move as well, which is like all kinds of cheating. Called on a birder, even though birder couldn't make into combat. Geordie got the roll off. Two mm-hmm. cave trolls proceeded to walk into my chariot and uh, proceeded to kill it with my leader on board straight away. They do that. That's that, what they that's do. That's a solid start, yes. Um, I think it maybe took them two turns because I peeled off wow. one, but no problems. Like I couldn't do anything there. And that's what trolls do. If you listen to my, my chariot cast, short answer... Chariot's got nothing on trolls. 
Like it can't do anything about it. So I lost yeah. my chariot, my two sixty odd points in my leader early on before combat started against the shade. Lots of trouble. Lots and lots and lots of trouble. I had my goat riders on the flanks doing all the work, trying to eat up flanks. So they were picking off lone orcs. They one like three of them got into a tussle with the mouth of Sauron and like four orcs managed to break even, which I was pretty happy with over there. Um, I managed to sneak one around the other side and get past. But I'll, I'll, basically, with my middle against trolls, I just started retreating. And this, I just got munched up. The whole middle just got destroyed. I was in trouble. I think I had no heroes at one point because um, the trolls got to the other hero, backed up by the shades. I couldn't do anything. And I just thought, okay, this is how it ends for the Iron Hills. This is it. Like the slow music started playing in the background. I just heard it. And like you could, like the dwarves started dying to trolls in slow motion. And I, I was thinking, I'm like, look, there's no way I can win this game. Let's just try and conserve some points. So I'll just try and capture an objective. So my banner legs it to the back objective to help out the one crossbowman doing it. Um, my goats would legged it to one objective, ran away from the mouth of sound. One goat rider took on the mouth of sound, about four orcs on another objective to contest it. Um, I had like a lone spearman running around trying to run away from Birdo, getting chased down. And then like one goat rider was going after it, this, this lone orc on an objective. As time progressed and my dwarf started dying, I was just thinking, I've got to get a couple more kills. If I get a couple more kills, I can break the orcs. And then who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. We know. But anyway. It's an so, Agmar army. So. It's an Agmar army. So once they break... I'm in with a chance. I'm in with a chance. I thought, I've just got to break him. Couldn't kill. Couldn't kill. Couldn't kill. Kept bouncing. Kept bouncing. And I was losing dwarfs all this time. The poor Mouth of Sauron was having his way with the goats on one side. I had one lone goat rider that I didn't think could make it in time to the orc objective. And just all looked really bad for me. Um, in the end, I had about four, five or six dwarves left. I had a, a few in the middle. I was just under break. They were like contesting one objective in the middle. And I thought, this is it. This is the turn where the dwarves die. I just have to get every objective. So I thought, I'm going to contest every objective I can. So I had my banner and my crossbowmen on one objective, getting chased down by trolls. So they were just out of range of trolls. I had a goat rider on another objective far, but the mouth of Sauron was nearby. I had a goat rider on the middle objective. I had one archer, not archer, one spearman fighting birder about to die to end the game. And then I had one goat that was just in range of the orcs. I got priority. Passed some courage tests, failed with my crossbowman. So the banner was on his own on the objective, like just shaking in terror because there was a spectre coming up. I thought, oh no, oh, I'm no. in so much oh, trouble yeah. here. I had a goat rider that passed in the, the, the top corner and there was a spectre approaching. No, no, it wasn't a spectre, sorry. It was the mouth of Sauron approaching mm-hmm. with, with Will. So he's just shaking, going, come on, ones, 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 hopefully for ones. Let's fail this. this uh, what's it got? Compel? He's got transpects. He doesn't have compel. He doesn't have compel. Ooh, that was interesting. No, maybe it must have been a spectre. It had to be a spectre. Something yeah. that could move. Something you. moved me. Yeah, it had to be a spectre. Like Geordie made the mistake, moved them ten inches, but that's fine. It wouldn't have made a difference. But it had to be something moving. So it wasn't clearly wasn't the mouth of Sauron then, because he yeah. wouldn't have cheated like that. Then my my goat rider at the top corner passed and charged the one orc. So we had one on one on that objective at the moment, but I got the charge. So hopefully I could get that. So you've got models on three objectives. I've got models on three objectives. The middle objective, there's a bunch of orcs around it, and I've got this goat, and one friend. So I've got two models on there. So you've got models on four objectives. On four objectives. But they've got models on those objectives. Yes, but y- you're there. I'm there. You're I'm present. there. I- I've camped it. I've got like my remaining six models, like or five models. Four of them are on objectives, or five of them, I don't know. Can I yep. guys? And the rest is like dead. So I was, and, and I hadn't broken at this point. You hadn't broken. I hadn't broken. like five models. Uh, no, I hadn't broken the opponent. Oh, okay, okay. That makes more sense. I hadn't broken the Angmar yeah. army. So I was in a lot of trouble. So, and I hadn't got the leader killed. My leader was dead. My hero was dead. Everyone was dead. It was, it was just, yeah, it was just like, okay, I'll just maybe get some points. So 
a Spectre, must be a Spectre because it got moved. My Goat Rider on his own, holding the objective, wave his hand, going, yes. Got Spectred. Ran off the objective. Just left it. Just said. So you're on three objectives. So I'm on three objectives at the moment. My Bannot, holding objective on his own, watched the Spectre walk up to him and go capture an objective. Just walked out of his range, didn't cast a spell on him. I think cast a spell on someone else who passed. Or, or maybe, I don't even remember. But I was just like, like, oh my God, he didn't go for the banner. He didn't notice you. He didn't just, notice the banner. Stay quiet. The banner's got an objective. Nobody. Banner's locked it down. So the banner's just sitting there. Just the banner. <laughs> just the banner guy waving his flag on this objective about five inches away it from looked a too, whole army of trolls. It looked going, too narrative. I've got this. You <laughs> like he, it, was it was so m- cinematic. They just, the Spectre looked at it and went, no, I'm not messing with that. It was a movie. He'll be the last one to die just holding the flag as like three trolls. As and he'll just black out. Like he's, he's Private Ryan. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was. He was. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. And then, uh, so we, we didn't, couldn't do the combat up the top yet. I got, Birda didn't go for the objective. We went and charged my bait dwarf, um, thing. So basically we had one all in the, the middle objective. It was contested. And I had I had a dwarf. I think it was a dismounted goat rider by now, fighting the mouth of Sauron. And I thought, wait a second. If I back away here, he had a shield, so it must have been just a normal shield dwarf. If I back away here, that puts two in the objective. I can get that. I can do it. I just have to back away. So I'll back away. I'll survive. And not die. Back away and not die. Pretty tall order, but I can do it. I can do that. So I've got that one. I had to win the combat in the top corner. because if I Did if your I opponent it, shield and try and push you back onto the objective? We did the goat combat. I got the goat combat. Yes. Yes. I killed the orc. So you control one outright. Now. I control two outright. I've control got a banner two and a goat. Oh, yeah. The banner, of course. You and I've got a goat like waving at another one. Yep. So I'm controlling two. The orcs have clearly got one as well. And the middle objective, I just want, I want I'm going to back onto it. 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 I accidentally shielded. Oh, no. Thinking, it's catching up. It's Jerry. Thinking. I'm big, I go, I'm going to shield because I, su- I need to survive this. Yes. But you need to lose as well. And as soon as I rolled the two dice, I went, no. <laughs> And of course, I won the combat. <laughs> Pushed the mouth of Sauron backwards. Yeah. Didn't get on the objective. Oh, no. Like, like it's one of those moments that as soon as you roll the dice, you just you realize that. It's, like, yes. it's like, oh, no. Like, that's when you whirl at people. It's, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like calling whirl. Yes. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a mistake. So, I made a mistake there. It's always a mistake. So, that was contested, one all, that objective. We did the points count up. That last model, my goat rider killed at the top, brought it to the break. So, so you're both broken. Both okay. broken. Okay. Both broken. Yes. One point each. Lead a kill. One point now. Only one point now. Okay, because it changes its number of points per mission. Yeah. So, so they're on two 12. to your one. Two to one. I'm like, I didn't even check the number of points there because I was just assuming all domination. I'm like, wait a second. Only one point for leader. I'm okay. We got, was it one point each for the middle objective or no yeah. points each? Yeah. One point each? Um, It's one point to the person no, who holds none. it. Yes. But has enemies present. So none yeah. if you're both this drawn. Yeah, I think we got none for that one. Geordie got one objective and I got two objectives. So he's at four to your five. Well, was it six to five or four to five? It doesn't matter. I won by one point. How? Like, we've like four How? dwarves left. How? And no chariot How? from like the first combat game. That shouldn't have been game. possible. That should not have been possible. No. No, so I, I was a masterful display of how do you use micro warbands because I only had like one dwarf left on the board. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, wow. I, I even I just assumed I lost it. Like he shook my hand and said, "You've got this," and I wasn't even gonna like you know how sometimes you don't even count up because yeah, I was you're just sort of running it in the back of your head, but it's not exact, and you know it's not exact. Yeah, and I just like I didn't think I had the break for a start because I hadn't got it for the whole game, and I like the leader kill I thought would get me, so I just thought I don't have a chance, and I thought we're both gonna get points for the yeah I just. Yeah, surprise me. Surprise me. Got the win. Domination. Best scenario yeah. ever. Love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your, so skills, your skills 
never cease to amaze. And never I have no chariot. So that's how you win with Iron Hill Doors without a chariot. Okay. <laughs> so mission four, domination. I show up on Brian's old board. It's got a couple of ruins. It's got some trees or whatever. Yeah, mine now. Yes, which is yours now. Good score there. So I am playing against the other Hunter Orc army. Ah. So it's got a couple of warbands of Hunter Orcs. Got warband of Falwags with Orcs on them. And it has a warband of Corsairs with spears, which are converted to look like like town fellows because they're, you know, thieves. Traders. No, they're yeah. thieves, ruffians, ne'er-do-wells, that sort of thing. Yeah. They, they're not part of the Hunter Orc army. They were just planning something evil on the same night as the raid came through, and it just happens to appear that they're working together or something like that. I, I was trying to figure out how to defeat them yeah. at this point. So, so I have a theory that you never call your models never do wells because they don't tend to do well. They might have been, they might have been ragamuffins I or something. I feel like that's I'm not one sure. of those tactics. It's, it's, it's like a common well. error. Ruffians. Yeah. Call them ruffians. Ruffians yes. is fine. Uh, bad guys. So a whole bunch of... Assorted evil pretty much deploys straight on the middle objective, as far forward as it can. I deploy my warband of archers on the left with Theodred backing them up. Everybody else deploys on the right. We're sitting around the 12-inch mark back just out of Hunter Orc on Felwag Range. Yeah. This is why I always, always concentrate my archers because the enemy looked at that and went, I could go straight into all of your arrow fire or I could avoid all your arrow fire. So... My opponent chose to avoid all the arrow fire, which meant I didn't have to deal with that flank. I'm like, that's mine. Mission accomplished. So all of the enemies, now ignoring all my arrow fire, come pouring down towards Theoden and his handful of fellows, and they fall back, and they throw weapons, and they miss. They just do nothing. The various hunter orcs on Falwag come around the flank. They're now in charge range. They move first. They get two or three charges with the Falwags. They're sitting right in front of me. The hunter orcs didn't make it. So I've got a choice at this point. I can withdraw with everybody except for four of my Royal yeah. Guard, which I should have done. But I'm like, this is a chance because he's got heroes on Wag here. If I can put my Fight 5 characters into them, because they're Hunter Orc heroes, most of them are only Fight 4, I can take those guys out and that would make this game so much easier. So I went for the high risk. Actually, at this point or so, my opponent reveals I have a Silmaril. So I'm like, that hero has a Silmaril? Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. Your opponent... Waited until halfway no, no, no. through the game. They mentioned to reveal... it. No, they did mention it. Uh, this is just when it sunk in because they like mentioned it. Well, you know when you're going yeah, through yeah, lists yeah. and whatever. So at this point, I go, "Hang on, what did you say?" <laughs> oh, and the stress level kicked up, and I'm like, "That guy there has a Silmaril. I'm going to beat him up." Like it's not one of your guys, but I'm like, it's him. So I went in, botched a whole bunch of combats. So I'm like, All right, "That's okay." I can heroic move out of here now. I'll still stay ahead of the Hunter Orcs. That didn't work. They ran, They won the roll-off. They were able yeah. to pin me. So I've got this circle of Royal Guard with a couple of heroes and this banner in the middle getting smaller and smaller. Hummer and Theoden. They, they killed Theoden's horse early. So the two of them like, right, Hummer, you're calling heroic move every turn. Theoden, you're calling heroic combat every turn. You're going to kill three. You know, you'll both go into a wag, kill it, both heroic combat in. Like, they were... I probably had like 10 or 12 models here. It felt like 20 because those two were just doing so much work. I know that feeling. I know that uh-huh. feeling, David. I was doing that all tournament. While this is happening, Theodred and Eowyn, who deployed on the other side, are like, we need to get over there next to that banner and help them out. So they bring a handful of guys and they run around this massive building, which at this point we realized was actually hollow. It had a whole bunch of arches and whatever in it. Um so my archers could actually shoot at his spearmen because they'd completely encircled my guys. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, they're still in the game. So some of them sat there and shooting. And some of them rushed forward to try and cross the board and get at his handful of guys holding his objectives. 
So Theodred and that, they're running. We're, we're coming for you. We'll save you. Eowyn and a mate go in. Heroic combat against Huntrock. Both get killed. Oh, that, that wasn't ideal. Theodred will avenge them. Theodred got mad because he saw Eowyn go down. So he kills yeah. two Hunterocks and then he gets dogpiled by like eight or nine others. He goes down. Theoden, he's like, we need a plan. So, unbeknownst to, you know, the Hunterock commanders, a whole bunch of my archers had made it across the board into the opposing objective. There was two Wargridery sort of fellows there to oppose them. One of them dismounted, so there's three of them against a pile of archers. Wargridery fellows? Wargriders? Yes, but like the ones with the, the, the don't need to see you to charge Oh, Hunter you. Orcs on Falwags, yes. Those ones, yes. Uh, in the meantime, I'd branched off a couple of Royal Guard who had taken the middle. One of them kept running to the farthest corner. So I'm like, okay, I've got three objectives. I just need to lure them away from the middle for one more turn, and then I'll have taken so many casualties, there's no way the Hunter Orcs will get back on the objective. So Thad and called his heroic move, and he brought his handful of guys with him. He just legged it, so no one was getting to him. And all the guys ran off into the corner. But they couldn't get out of charge range because they had to like duck around yeah, control yeah. zones or whatever. So my entire line was now explo- exposed. I'd broken my defensive formation. I had like gambling just running with his arms waving in the air. And the Hunter Orcs went, we could go back to the middle. But that's gambling. That's Hummer. That's next turn a shot on Thaddon. So they just swept in and just pretty much took out fair few of my blokes. Except for one guy just turned around, regular warrior, went, no, nah, I'm going to fight off Fimble. And then next time I'm going to throw a weapon at him and miss. So I'm just going to run up and stab my sword in his face and get, you know, the points for leader wound. So they chase those guys. We counted it up. It's ending at the end of this turn. All of my guys, all four of them that I left on my objective ran for it. They're gone. Ooh. I got enough guys to control the enemy's objective, but not completely. So that's one point to me. The enemy managed to get enough guys back into the middle objective. He controls that one, but not completely. One point to him. The objective where all my guys die... Hummer actually shrugged out of combat, legged it across with his last point of might and stood on it, surrounded by like eight guys. So that's contested in his favor. So he's up by one point at this point. But I got the leader wound, so it's a draw. We're both broken. On the furthest objective, there's one hunt rock with a horn and one royal guard legged across the entire board, gets there. He's like, I don't have the move to reach you. Fives to hit. Hits. Through the woods. Four plus. To kill the hunt rock. Killed. That's ours. So we're all secured. Fantastic work, David. I love that you remember all your dice rolls as well. That's all good. Well, he got the necessary ones to kill. I remembered that one. So the entire game, it turned out, all of our cunning, you know, bluff and counter bluff was irrelevant. It all came down to that one guy. The one Rohan Royal Guard had decided to leg it across the entirety of the board to throw a throwing spear at a hunter rock with... Through cover. Wow. So you two have got Silmarils at this point. I've got none. And I need a Silmaril because I need yeah. some priority because this is... I'm the one that doesn't have the might. Kyle, you've got enough might. You don't need it. David, you've got enough might. You don't need it. I don't. I don't. It's not fair. I haven't played a Silmaril. We'll see if that changes. Round five. Round five. Okay. So round five, I think I was up against... I think his name was Alex. I'm going to say Alex. Maybe it was an Adam. Of, of, of an A variety. So... As David was saying before, getting a Silmaril, the stress levels go up. They they, they they get cranked from, you know, a humble three or four all the way up to 11. And for me personally, the tournament was no longer about the good side winning. The tournament was about Kylie not losing a game so that she could keep the Silmaril and win the trophy. So I was in full competitive mode, like full competition mode, like heads down. Let's let's do this thing. So Adam's list when I 
Hannity's list was the betrayer on foul base. I'm like, okay, that is moderately problematic. The golden king on his chair. Nasty. Uh, also problematic. Uh, no, Haradrim king on horse. Okay, that, not that's ideal. not great. An orc captain with a bunch of orcs with spear. I'm looking at this list going, ah, crap. Because, of course, when you're playing against Harad, they pile in all of the three plus to hit watches of uh, Ah, yes, those fellows, yes. So I'm sitting there with my entire army, and we draw the other, the third Harad table, which was kind of like this weird street fight table. So there's like this small little fountain in the center of the table, but the rest of the table is just crammed with these like Harad-y looking buildings. Are they the um like MDF sort of solid yeah. buildings? Yeah, it was like about a dozen of them and walkways going across the tops and stuff. It was like full on street fight, like as street fighty as you could get a lot of I think they made board. a scenario about that. Yeah. It honest to God, it looked like a forty K or a fantasy board. Like you you hit it and go, This isn't a Lord of the Rings board, but Fantasy tends to play. It was an infinity board. Oh, well, there you go. I I was looking forward to playing on this board because, like, street fighting stuff with a lot of heroes, that sounded like a lot of fun to me. So, that's what we trained for. I I dropped my rangers down so I could basically see where my entire opponent's army went down and then dropped my army. And I don't know what it was, but my opponent was super psyched out with my might powered shooting. He'd heard stories about me shooting out. It is pretty on turn one. So. The fell beast was on the complete other side of the board, completely away from everything. Didn't want to even risk getting shot out by a might-powered bow. So I'm like, awesome. Don't have to deal with the fell beast for a while. Turn my attention back to the rest of the models on the table, and I'm like, okay, I've got a Silmaril. I've got a free reroll if I need it. Let's do this. So I set all my archers up. We all went into terrain. I was hunkered down. I'm like, got priority turn one. I'm like, heroic shoot, uh, heroic accuracy. Heroic what was shoot. your mission, by the way? Lords of battle. Lords of battle. Go. So it was the kill point one. Get lots of kill. I'm like, no, nah, I am just going to race this guy. I'm not going to try and shut him down or whatever. I'm just going to race him. I'm just going to show him that I can get lots and lots and lots of kills and end the game that way. Well, it is the kill point mission, killing yeah. things to get points. It makes sense. So turn one, I go, heroic, shoot heroic accuracy, throw all my archers into his archers, hoping to knock a bunch of them out. Used a bunch of might, managed to get five kills, and my opponent's return fire only got one. These seem like an acceptable loss ratio. Oh, Perfect shoot-to-kill ratio. Next turn, my opponent wins priority. I'm like, he's only got five archers left. This this isn't going to do a lot. Like, I can just sit back and relax. And, and most he can do is five damage. All five archers hit. Okay. <laughs> all five archers get through the four plus in the way. Okay. All five archers get a kill. Oh. <laughs> and I'm looking at the table and going, he's got a kill point lead. But you return fired, right? I return fired. managed to even up the score, but yeah. I was just looking and going... Yeah, yeah. We have dead even scores on turn two, and I had the superior. I had the superior shoot, and I yes. was like, at this point, bit of bit of my brain twinged and went, I can't win this game on shooting if this if this is gonna be how my opponent's gonna roll for this game. So I'm like, all right, let's let's show them the cold steel as it were. Mm-hmm. So I ran up, ran across the tops of the buildings. We got into some street fights. I had like a ranger of the north with a captain like fighting an orc captain up on a bridge and getting was there into lava these- underneath it or. Not, not quite. Aww. And getting into these things. And as that was happening, I was slowly refused flanking the fell beast. Yes. Slowly pushing it, and I slowly each turn was managed to get my kill count up one pip higher over my opponent every turn. And eventually, hit this point where the fell beast was in this prime position to just swoop in. And I'm like, I reckon I can bait this guy. I reckon I can make him go where I want him to go. So I leave a ranger of the north. 
just a single ranger of the north up on the top of a building with just enough space for the fell beast to go. And I made a point of like checking measurements and not yep, really yep, yep. measuring other things. Yep. Measuring other things. And I'm like, please go up on the roof. Please go up on the roof. Please go up on the roof. And then the fell beast jumps. Went up on the roof. <laughs> lands on top of the roof. And I'm like, yes, he's on top of the roof. He can't hurl through my own guys. At that point, <laughs> the Elven twins right went, right, let's get down to business. Both of them charged in, heroic combat, and in that turn, saw a grand total of Servant Haradrim die to the twins. Oh. And at that point, it was pretty much game. And to add insults or injury, the lone ranger of the north that was sitting on the top of the building with his other ranger of the north friend, Spear Savoning, called the heroic strike, won the strike off, yep. won the roll off, yep. pushed back... And it fell the, off the building. Pushed back the uh, um, betrayer and mm-hmm. sucked out another one of his might points. Cool. Might will affect. One of each, actually, okay, if it happens. Nice. One of each. So I pinned down the fell base, and at that point, it was just like, right, let's just go in. All the all my... Um, all your elves as well. Well, the twins. I only mm-hmm. had just the twins. The That's elf. One of the twins got shot off his horse. He was kind of like standing in no man's land. But at this point, I was just like, his fell base is doing nothing, sitting on top of a building that he can't get away from. His entire force on the low ground is fighting captains. And at this point, he just didn't have the models to catch up because the twins have just gone to town. And I managed to win that game. Uh, I think it was like 27 to 12 or something like that. I'm just completely yep. obliterated. And then that converts into VP. Yeah. And I got the leader kill too on the on the Golden King because mm-hmm. when a twin hits, hits, when both twins go into a Golden King, it's just, he ain't going to last long. <laughs> that is one of the few things that can kill him reliably because yeah. that's a well, tough Because you got to do six wounds to him and I was just like, he's got four wounds, two fate. Mm-hmm. He passed both his fate rolls too, but managed to take him off the board. So I was pretty happy with that win. It was hard fought and I was a bit stressed once I saw those five kills come out from those. Was the Silmaril useful? The Silmaril didn't get a chance to use it because all the turns I was like, I don't need it here. I can save it. I can save it. I can mm-hmm. just use my might to call the heroics, and that's yep. pretty much what happened. I used the reroll there because you get a ah yes the uh, terrain bonus. So once per game, you can reroll your priority, and I did that once. I went, I don't need it, and it's like a I get priority so long as I don't roll a one. Mm-hmm. So yes. it's kind of like one of those. I'll just use this reroll instead of using the palantir. So fantastic. So I keep in mind I'm on four wins at the moment with the chariot list that I hadn't played before. That I hadn't won a game with a chariot before. I hadn't used the goats. I didn't know the rules. I was, I was doing pretty well. So I'm starting to get confident now. I'm starting to learn what it does. And I was up against Steve's Moranorc horde. And normally Moranorcs are pretty tough. But I'm thinking, no, I'm not too worried about Moranorcs. Like defense six and strength four doesn't actually concern me that much. So they might as well be orcs for me. They also had they had the three warbands. So a lot of models, and they had a witch king, with yes. with a lot of stats. And oh, it was a witch king or wraith? It doesn't matter. It was a it was a magic magic wraith. They had Gothmog on Wag, yes, and a Mordor troll chieftain. That Nasty. was a scary one. That was the one I was worried about because that would have easily taken out my chariot if I gave it the opportunity, and I might have. Who knows? So I was a bit worried about that. I set up basically thinking this is the kill point one, so I don't need to move forward. So who cares about moving forward? I'll set up. I'll make this nice passageway for my chariot to run down, and I'll bait everyone forward. So set up my dwarves basically, not quite on the flank, but just off one side, hoping to bait the army towards those dwarves. And then my chariot on my second warband drop went on the extreme other side with a nice road in front of it. So it could shoot down the road and we were in Rohan. So I was pretty happy about that setup. 
Steve was scared of the crossbow, so he hid behind the buildings quite a bit. I understand that because kill points, you don't want to lose lots of kill points. So my, my dwarves with crossbows didn't do much. My chariot was able to get shots just because he was able to get shots and got occasional kill, but not really much. So he that was driving up reasonably quickly. It had the goat riders with it, guarding its flanks. Um, I sent three goat riders on a mission up the, the main part of the building to just be bait. Of course, I didn't tell Steve that, Of course, but their job was to bait out heroes. They looked like they were going to take out the random orcs, but I also sent a mission group of four of my best trained dwarves. So these ones, these will be forever etched in memory. These four dwarves, their job was to, to bait at least as much of a warband as they can and just leg it. So they were going to go as far away from the chariot and basically split up the force. So my thought is that I don't have to take everything on at once. They run away. They die slowly. They give up their kill points. But by that point, I break the opponent and they just run away, those orcs that chased after them. So those four dwarves, those four dwarves, yes. managed to have eight Moranan orcs chase them down. Okay, two to wow. one odds. Two to one odds. Two to one odds. They backed away. The two Moranan orcs were in packs of four. They were coming up on their flanks. They decided to dive at one of them. So they dived at four Moranan orcs. Managed to take out a Moran Orc. So I was okay. So, so I was seven, now, seven to four. But you've, you've engaged three of them. On I've engaged side, three of them. And the, the, other, the others pile in through some masterful shielding, attacking, all this sort of stuff. The end result, so fast forward straight to the end because I don't want to go blow by blow detail, a feint here and a shield here and all this sort of stuff. At the end, there were three Moran Orcs out of the eight left. Okay, so you've killed five with four. I've killed That's five. Nice. I'm happy with that. So I've at least got ahead on points. Mm-hmm. So I was happy with that. There are... Four dwarves remaining. Nice. All four dwarves survived on that side. I am having flashbacks to 2012 where we took a road trip to Sydney and you managed to hold off an 800-point Army of the Dead faction. With Wasn't just... that Adelaide? I'm sure that was Adelaide. Yeah. Didn't I say Adelaide? You said Sydney. Oh, my bad. Same. same place. Different hey, smell. Hey, 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 hey. I was just trying to... Not... 2012 and you managed to take on 800 points worth of Aragorn and Army of the Dead with a mere... 400 points worth of goblins. Because you hog the rest of them. <laughs> I did hog the rest of them, including our dragon. But that is beside the point. And our shaman, and I was taking on Army of the Dead. <laughs> that wasn't my fault. They deployed after us, and their, their Army of the Dead went as far away from our shaman as possible. But to be fair, I did get you that shaman in two turns. <laughs> when I'd already won the flank. <laughs> yes, so it was flashbacks of that. So I was, I was really enjoying that game. Um, Basically, I managed to draw Gothmog out with the goats. And Gothmog proceeded to clean up those three goats, but lost all his might in the process and wasn't there to do the heroic move. So that was baited out. The troll was causing all kinds of trouble. I just mitigated damage. I don't actually mind Hurl. So I was baiting the troll into Hurl. Because Hurl, I don't care about. I didn't give him the goats. And it kills maybe a guy here and there. I don't care. I'm not killing anything with those dwarves. They're not there to kill. They're there to hold space. They can shield on the ground. I don't care. So I was happily taking the hurl. I baited the troll. There was, um, I set up this nice little lane with one dwarf in the way to, to knock out like 10 Moranan orcs. Got my priority. Yes. I've got it. Revved up the chariot. Got ready to pen the letter to, to Mrs. Dwarf. Got ready to run over this dwarf. Ran into the dwarf. And then suddenly had second thoughts. Mm, no, look, he's, he's a good dwarf. Let's maybe not run him over. The chariot screeches to a halt. The goats who are well-trained stop. I stop on the dwarf, fail to kill him. And then like the, the 10 Moran orcs, including the banner, they're just turning around and go, that was lucky. <laughs> that was really lucky. Maybe we should move. No, we stay here another turn. <laughs> so they proceeded to stay bottlenecked by my dwarves who were on the ground with the troll hurling stuff at them. I do it again. 
Again, again, a call a heroic move this time. Revved up the engines. Right, we've got a really good letter for Mrs. Dwarf now. You are gone. <laughs> Ran over the dwarf. Took him out. Yes. He's somewhere under the scythe at the moment. It's a bit unfortunate. And then sped through the Moranlocks, over the banner, straight into the, <laughs> the troll chieftain. <laughs> Overshot. Oops. Oops. Slow down, slow down. Reverse, reverse, reverse. Where's the break on this thing? But luckily for me, like one of the orcs had survived. So I was in with two models, the Moran and Orc chieftain. the combat. And I was able to peel off the troll <laughs> and survive. So I'm, I, look, I survived that one. And then I think the first opportunity for break, maybe even the troll got into me. No, it didn't. It didn't. And it didn't barge into me, I don't think. But anyway, um, the first opportunity to break the game ended and I was up like 19 to 9 at that point. So I was doing yeah. really well. And yeah, it was it was a, a very fan, a very good game. Steve was very happy because he learned a lot. Like I was giving him... Yeah. I just reminded throughout. Like his tactics were fine, but sometimes if you got to move a model, it's just like, do you really want to put your Witch King there or your Wraith there? He goes, oh, thank you for that. And, and this sort of stuff. I'm like, you know you can move the troll as well <laughs> and this sort of stuff. So there was a few of that, but... Yeah. Oh, it was, I want five wins. It was amazing. David. Okay, so for Mission 5, I was actually playing Contest of Champions, and I came up against Jacob with his Mumak list. And this is a problem, because I know he's a good player. And I have this, you know, important gem that I'm trying to deliver to the, you know, end of the mission. By the way, Hummer's carrying it, because he proved himself worthy through, you know, valorous deeds. And Fair enough. So it's now Baron, one-handed, Hummer, as the two, you know, great humans of all time. <laughs> Fair enough. So, Contest of Champions, you have to deploy your leader right in the middle. Luckily, we were on Osgiliath, and beforehand, we measured out what can the Moomark get over, can go over anything that's less than two inches. So, the very middle of the board had the, had a bridge on it, which was just tall enough. Two and a half inches, that if the I Moomark, correctly. Yes, the Moomark can't stampede over somebody who's on the bridge. So, Thedon took the center of the bridge, and he's like, right, this is where I stand. I brought my royal guard. It's all good. Moomark... There was only one place it could go, we, because it had to fit the commander within three of the middle. Yeah. So it pulls up hard next to the bridge, and they look at each other like, um, He deploys his Haradrum cavalry. He had just regular raiders led by yep. uh, led by some sort of chieftain fellow. They deployed outside of six of Thaddon's lot, but within six of the center line, which he didn't realize, So I, unless he was trying to bait me forwards, which is also possible, because he is good. So I deployed my guys in range to pin his um, cavalry if I could win the roll off turn one. So turn one, we both call the moves. Uh, he wins the roll off. His cavalry just leg it. They're gone. Um, pulls them right back. Starts bringing his move up round to threaten my guys with threatening his cavalry. My infantry are like, we don't really want to deal with that. So we'll edge off. So we're outside of eight. And we'll try and kill that commander. We called Josh over to discuss this. The way it's worded, they have to be killed in combat. So since the Moomark counts as the mount of the commander, if it kills people in combat, he can score them for Contest of Champions. But he can't score them if they stampede. Yes, because that's killed in the move phase, not in combat. Fair enough. So glad we didn't play that mission. (laughs) Effectively, what happens is half the guys in the top have improved shoot value. They're the two attack fellows with the repelling lines ready to bail down at a moment's notice. And the other half are just regular archers. So they take off one, maybe two Royal Guard a turn, while my guys just pepper shots back. They took a few wounds off the Moomark, took two wounds off the Howdah, um, but just couldn't hit the guys in the top. Um, he had Sigils of Defiance, so like the one time I landed a hit, you know, they'd just, yeah. they'd just ignore it because they had such great artwork. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, 
But you do have a magic banner of awesome, do you not? Yes, I do. Have you heard of our good friend, Heroic Accuracy? Yes. Um, I was still picking wounds off the howdah more so than the guys in it. Apparently, it's one of those three plus to get through um, in the ways as well, which I didn't know. Is it? I thought that's it was what I, That's what my opponent told me, so I went with that. I will be checking that before we leave. But yeah, so... And then I made what could have been a critical mistake, because I won priority, and the Mumak was in a position where it could stomple on some of my guys. And I'm like, I want to pin it. No, I didn't win priority. I won the heroic move off, and I sent one of my guys... To, because he's a royal guard, he's good at this sort of thing. I sent him to pin the Mumak. I'm like, keep it there. Unfortunately, that man was then in combat, so it could have tried to steal a kill. So my guy realized this, and he shielded, and he forced the Mumak back, except he couldn't because it was Mumak. So he backed off and claimed that, you know, he had forced it back. And nobody was going to argue with him because he just fought a Mumak and won. So. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Also, also, also known as poking his pinky, pinky toe and making the uh, Mumak startled. Yep. So then a couple of cavalry came around, a couple of other guys did some other things, and then the Mumak got its turn. It, it won the roll-offs, it powered up, it came straight at me. It ran down Hummer. I'm like, oh, that's not good. It ran down Gambling. I'm like, ooh. That's, that's <laughs> really not good. He's pretty important. Yeah, those two are the core of the army. I'm like, oh, that's bad. That's that's very bad. But it meant he had to turn around. So my full war band of archers could now see the commander. And they're like, right, we're going to mess that guy up. So Everything they... we've got at the dude at the front. So they killed the commander. So it's contest of champions. We're now zero kills to zero kills. But his commander is down. <laughs> so Thaden oh, has no. to get one kill. The problem is, there's a Mumak between him and the enemy's army. <laughs> so him and his mates go, I've seen a Mumak go down in two turns. The dwarves do it all the time. So they go in and they chip like one wound off it. And they're like, well, we're five at five. Let's just keep doing this. Because by this point, we're both out of might. So the Silmaril becomes instant priority. Yeah. So they go in again. They chip a few more wounds. This is not working. So he's like, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to like edge my way around this Mumak. So when I charge, I'm going to like go seven inches to the side and sort of like in and then I'm going to next turn right out six to get around this train back in and you know four and so yeah. he's slowly edging his way around this Mumak until he finally gets into combat with some cavalry kills one of them the others. that's three points I'm broken I'm, I'm leaving now I'm taking my three points and I'm leaving so it was one kill to, to um, one kill to zero uh, neither of us got the points for leader kill because it has to be your leader killing their leader yeah and I think we both broke. <laughs> so, Thurden, wow. again, <laughs> scored his points and went home. And I held on to the silver roll. <laughs> Nicely done, David. Nicely Fantastic. done. Fantastic. Okay, so round six. We're up to round six. Round six. So, round six, the scenario was... Seize the prize. Seize the prize. Everybody. So, let's run to the middle, grab the thingy, and then run off your opponent's board edge. Now. Correct. Do not run off your own board edge. Whatever you do. do strap not- yourselves in. It's story time with Kylie. <laughs> oh, okay. We're listening. All right. So first of all, I was up against uh, Jordy. Uh, Jeremy played against him earlier. So to recap, he has Berta. He's two cave troll drinking buddies. Ashe, this is sounding very similar to a list we've said on the podcast before. Oh, it's a tough list. It's a good list. Five or so specters, a mouth of siren, and a bunch of orcs. And I was so very, very fortunate to draw David and Danny's Oskilius terrain, because there is a nicely situated bridge in the middle of the table, which means I don't have to go at the prize with nothing around me. Yes, so I, can... I had like a choke point I could deal with and various other things. And this game was all about the stupid dice rolls. So 
I deployed back. I kind of shuffled forward a little bit. Through all my shooting at Berta, managed to bring him down to one wound. No fate. Very nice. That's enough. That's so good. Just couldn't quite kill him. I'm like, all right, that's all right. That's 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 fine. I then had a lone Junadane who decided, I really like the look of that prize up there. Like, really look at that. Like the look of that prize. So alone. One man. One man ran up the stairs, across the bridge, started to shift through the rubble, the boxes, and found the prize. He picked it up, only to be charged by a horde of orcs. Eight orcs surrounding him, all jumped and piled onto him. Not quite all eight could get in, though, so Geordie was only left with six. Okay. He's fighting six orcs. Six against alone. one. One man against six. In the, the older shade, days, they could have done it. The shade walks into range, or... Hovers or drifts or glides, however you want to call it. So I'm thinking it does something like a Dementor here. And the rain, the I Lone Ranger. manifests. Yeah, the Lone Ranger is like. There lone is, Ranger. The Lone <laughs> Ranger. It's very much like the Lone Ranger. Draws his sword and goes, I am likely going to die, but at least I held the prize. And somehow, some way, he manages to roll the six. The orcs do not get a six, beats back. All six orcs. Next turn, does he jump in the river? Slays one and goes, I've got this. And next turn, priors in hands. He takes one look at the orcs in front of him, salutes, and jumps off the bridge into the water with the prize. (laughs) And as he jumps... Did it betray him and they shoot at him? He holds out his hand and goes, Aladan, take it. It's, It's yours now. Take up our quarrel with the foe. And as he jumps off the bridge, hands off the uh, prize to Aladan before the river takes him as he breaks his neck on the fall. Can you do that? Can you pass it before you die? You would drop it and someone would pick it up. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's what happened. He, okay, okay. he jumped off. Before fell, it washed fell down in the river. river. Fell in the river. Next time took, we'll have took to two wounds. Next time we'll have to determine before the game which way the river's flowing. Yeah, it flows down the river. Yeah, that'll be cool. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Aladan walks up to it, picks up the prize and is like... He had to dismount off his horse, unfortunately, which is very important. Alan picks up and goes, put, puts his hand on, on the ranger, closes his eyes and goes, you have done well, done well. S- sleep well in, uh, in the tomb of your forefathers or, or whatever. Make, make some eulogy. Whatever it is you Arnorian blokes do, <laughs> enjoy so, it. While this is happening, Arathorn and the rest of his blokes are peppering away at the orcs, trying to knock out the mouth of Sauron's horse, but failing dismally, trying to pick off some wounds off regular orcs. They get a few kills here and there. My captain of Arnor with a couple of rangers is leading a task force across the river. Mm-hmm. Across one of the crossing points on my side of the table because the river kind of runs diagonally across the table. Which yes, I know the one. Interesting. So they're running, trying to catch up. And Eladan's like, Elro here. Here is the prize. I need you to run for the blood edge. Run. Go. I shall hold him off. Hold them off. And Eladan draws his swords and Eladan... Or he runs off, legging it for the for the board edge. This seems like a bad idea somehow. He's running. He's got the prize. He he's bolted all the way down the edge of the board, and he's he's got the prize. He's now within one turn of the board edge. Eladan, his brother, fighting against the mouth of Sauron. He's unfortunately got transfixed, but he manages to back off the. Uh, Mouth of Sauron, he takes a wound in the process, but after three turns of battling, he's holding off this entire orc force by himself. Mm-hmm. Then, tragedy strikes. Birdo rounds the corner. Oh no. Leans down, picks up a great chunk that has fallen off the great bridge. He oh takes no. aim, 
He hurls the stone at Eladan. And Eladan, in a moment of sheer horror, looks as the stone hurtles towards him. Does he go for the Gothmog slow step to the side? He tries, but he's too busy killing an orc in front of him. And the stone hits him in the head square. Eladan proceeds to fail both fate rolls on a one with two points of might and crumples and falls to the ground. And Eladir, using his twinly senses... Elf magic. ...realizes the horror. His brother has just died. But he does not care for the prize anymore. He must kill this great troll that slayed his brother and bolts back towards the fray, prize in hand, whilst the rest of the army is shouting at him, What are you doing, fool? No! No! Don't! Other way! Their one weakness was actually a weakness. I love it. So, in the first, first game ever, I have actually seen the unbreakable bond rule turn in to the biggest weakness I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Eladan. So, Elra here. Full tilt. Comes running towards Bodo the cave troll. Tears in his eyes. Raises his sword up towards the troll. Galloping in his horse full speed. And goes, you killed my brother. But the rangers are not done yet. Oh no. Oh no, no, no. A single lone ranger. He was fought off a spectre. So this is the other Lone Ranger. Another Lone Ranger. They're all Lone Rangers. Everyone's a Lone Ranger. (laughs) Who ran to the corner of the board by himself, sees a golden opportunity. He steps forward three inches. He's just in range. He thinks he can make the shot. Pulls back the drawstring and lets the arrow fly. And his Birdo is about to clobber down the, uh, the remaining twin and take both elven heads as a prize. And the prize as well. An arrow sinks into his back. As he crumples and falls forwards, dead. As the elven twin, still mad with grief, runs off Just to fight other everybody rocks. else. Well so, done. Whoa. Did you hold the Silmaril? Did you hold Barely. it? <laughs> Barely. My army was two models from breaking. So you got to break and you were holding the item. I was bra- I broke, had the item in uh, my opponent's half of the table and just, just managed to, to keep it. Because that oh. game... Was threatening to to get out from under me at every turn. The shade mm-hmm. would not fail a courage test for being broken. Yep. A cave troll managed to beat back Halbrad and force him to use his remaining might to stay alive. Everything that could have gone wrong to try to prevent me from winning the game happened. Mm-hmm. And just, just barely by the fluke of a single arrow did I manage to shoot better in the back, kill him as he was about to take the prize. And that's how you want to win your last game at a narrative event. Yeah, and as, as this game was happening, I need, I need to point something out to Tim, uh, Mason, various other members of the good team come over and go, so you've got this in the bag, Kylie. And I would point to the first twin who's laying in my casualty pile and then point to the second twin was on the table. And they look at me and going, are they about to, ro- you're about to run off the board. And I'm like, unbreakable bond. And the look, the look on their faces of, Oh my god, Kylie might just lose this game. And they've got some swagger as well because both of those two, Tim and Mason, had just won their last game as well. Yeah, so they were. Yeah, they. And when Tim saw what was about to happen and saw that Elrohir El- El- was about to run into a burda with might, whilst he had none because he'd used it the previous turn to Marching to march. Get, to yeah. the, I'd also had used the Silmaril the previous turn to make sure I had priority so I could march to that point in the board to get one turn yes. and be off the table. And it was just one of those moments of. 
Oh God, Tim! Tim's Tim's bold prediction is about to come forth, come forth and ruin my day. But fortunately, I managed to hold on to the Silmaril. I feel sorry for Geordie. That's two games that he yeah. he snatched defeat from the jaws of victory there against both of us. Hey, Jeremy, do you have a story that can <laughs> that can compare? Well, now that you asked, <laughs> I'll do my best. I'll do my best. So mine's mine's nowhere near as long as that. Mm-hmm. I was up against Adrian Jenkinson's double Gorgoroth beast list. And sees a prize. I went, ooh, no. And has lots of spiders as well. And spiders yes. are surprising. And scary. bats. Yeah, and bats. A, a bat. That's warm. Swarm of bats. Yeah, like bats. Like bats. Plural yeah. on the one base. Yeah, but on one base. So I was a bit worried here. And I, we had talked about beforehand how you just got to march to the middle. Mm. So I marched to the middle. Marched my chariot up, unsupported, like with the goats and everything. And then went, uh-oh. We're facing a double gorgor of beasts. What are we doing? What are we doing here? So I had to march the next turn, my other dwarves, up to grab the prize, dug the prize up, and then realized I'm sitting on two might against his whole army walking up slowly to take me on. And like he shot out like three dwarves at this point with his orc archers. But these are, these are Those orc sh- archers are on point. Oh, they're so good. So I, I was losing guys. I was not doing very well. And then it continued. I just kept losing guys and I was just holding off and I did not know how I was going to get this. Like, everything was going wrong. My goat riders were pretty much all dead um, early on. Like, Adrian, had, he had double Golgoroth beast still. The, uh, like, spiders killed, like, three orcs themselves. Not orcs, dwarves themselves. Not very good. So, I so, right, right. I've got to just go into full tactics mode. Uh, my hero, Grumden, decides that he's going to spend the rest of his life Charging a Gorgoroth beasts, <laughs> which he proceeded to do. So he and the Gorgoroth beasts. Was it a long and illustrious life, or was it short and glorious? It was, it was a life. Okay, <laughs> it was a life. I I can't remember if he survived or not. But it's he, a living. He, he, he basically him and the Gorgoroth beasts spent turns running into each other. Obviously, he got hurt more when that happened. Gorgoroth beasts rarely got hurt for it, and they just I couldn't take any wounds off the Gorgoroth beast because he was shielding the whole time. But basically, he just became my little anvil to the Gorgoroth Beast's hammer. So he's just getting beaten by the monster constantly. And I've got a handful of dwarves left. One of them's got the prize. The orcs shoot out. Uh, the orcs, someone killed one of the crew members of the chariot. And the guy holding the prize eyes just lit up and went, oh, there's a chariot and it's got a spare seat. And I've got a ticket for the chariot. I'm going for a ride. <laughs> so he sprints onto the chariot, jumps on with his prize. And the chariot continues moving because I figured that it's not actually passing the prize. He's still got the prize. And we had a little bit of a discussion about that, which was like us calling each other names across the board and insulting each other's mothers or whatever, but in true draw fashion. And then the chariot decides, like looks at the Gorgoth beast and says, right, I'm going to run you down. Just charges into it. Takes like a wound off or something like that. So it bounces in. And they did that for a couple of turns, just butted against each other. And eventually it managed to butt the Gorgoroth beast so hard that it just exploded. And at this point, I'd killed almost nothing. Like, I I got them... But then it drops 10 orcs when it... It dropped all the orcs because it wasn't in the combat phase where it explodes. It gave me 10 orcs in a nice chariot-sized spot. <laughs> 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 so, I, I, I went to Adrian. I said, Adrian, anything I kill now on the board counts towards your original break, doesn't it? And he goes, yes. I went... <laughs> 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 that evil grin and look. <laughs> so, my chariot proceeded... You're broken, <laughs> and and suddenly I had hope because I had like a handful of dwarves left, but I had the chariot. And remember, the what chariot I said before, is fearless. Yes, if you've got a chariot, you've got a chance. If you've got a chariot with a prize, butting up against a bunch of orcs, you're okay. Now he had taken wounds off the chariot throughout. There was a pesky wag chieftain hovering around as well. 
The Wag Chieftain had managed to take a wound off before. The Chariot was down to one wound in the final turn. Oh. The final oh, no. turn of the game. I had I couldn't remember who I had left. Maybe two or three orcs left. It was definitely going to be the final turn. Like we were quartered. Um, this this second Gorgorius beast had had legged it. It decided that it had spent too much time butting up against my hero, which I think died. Anyway, I think he eventually copped it, which he should have. Uh, but I thought, okay, I've I've just got to survive. I've got to survive. I got the prize. I'm going to win if I survive. We're both broken. We both get the points for that. I'm over his side of the board by now. Because the bump up, 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 up over all the orcs, the Golgoth beast size hole left, um, allowed me to get to the other side of the board, and I'm sitting there with one wound on my chariot, and going against a Wag chieftain. This could go either way. No one's got might. No one's strike. No, I, maybe the Wag chieftain had might. I can't remember. No, I think he lost it by now. I don't think it's any might. It's fight five across the board. It's two attacks on the Wag chieftain, five attacks for me. I thought, uh oh, I just have to win this combat. If I win this combat. I win the game. And the Wild Chieftain wins ties. The Wild Chieftain wins ties? He's got high fight, does he? Yeah. Oh, he's got high fight? Oh, that's even oh, worse. Oh, nasty. So Wait, that thing's fight six? It's fight five. No, I'm fight five as well. Oh, he's got, got a captain. captain on yours. i got a captain on mine. Got, you have a which captain is why I, like, I feel as captain. Because I, I was on the board, which gave me neg on to my courage. For my captain that can't fail courage tests. <laughs> so I was pretty happy about that. Because, oh no, the spiders took so much wounds off the chariot. Anyway, anyway. So I was up against the Wild Chieftain. Anyway, I botched this. Like, it would have been a draw. Because the chariot would have gone, the prize would have dropped. It would have been game over because when the chariot dies, all the, the dwarf crew just die as well. Like they go down with the ship, unlike anything else in the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, except um, the Mumak. those guys tend to well, die. No, occasionally, one guy will survive. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the I think it's the Wag Marauders is the only other thing I can think of that does that. The cavalry model that takes it with it. There might be more. Anyway, anyway, Kylie's onto it. I managed. Like I, when I rolled it, you like you, you roll, and I, I look at my dice, and Adrian's got this weird thing, which which sort of it doesn't frustrate me, but I, I see it. Like if someone's got higher fight, he just refuses to roll, and it's like you roll first, then I roll. And I know it's so, like Sydney guys tend to do that, and we don't we don't do that. It's so roll at the same time. Don't do yeah. that. It's annoying. You roll at least some of your dice. Like you'll yeah. go, oh, I've got a whole pile. This is my hero. So we hero. can both yeah, roll yeah, at the same exactly, time. Exactly. But but we roll at the same time because they have the same fight value. I looked at my dice. I saw a six. I thought. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a 50-50 chance now. Looked at his dice. No six. <gasps> what? How did that happen? How is it possible to not roll a six on two dice when you're playing against me? So I managed to win the game. I think I killed the Wild Chieftain. I didn't care at that point. And got there, got with the prize with basically all I had left was the Dwarf Chariot and I think two Dwarfs off the Chariot. Like I had nothing left but I had a prize on a Chariot on one wound. Amazing. And uh, I got my six wounds. This is another one that I thought I was going to lose because the Spiders are killing the Chariot. And, like, I turned my tactics halfway through the game to, like, right, the, the two dwarf captains, one on a chariot, one on foot, are just going to ram Golgoth Beast the whole time. <laughs> the one with the shield wasn't doing any damage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other one was doing okay. <laughs> so it did that, and it was, oh, it was a really close game. So it was a fantastic game, and, and six wins. Six wins! I was impressed. You got that, six that's wins? That's nice. Everyone's got six yeah. wins so far. David, I'll, you I'll get six one wins. draw. You got a draw. Poor, mm-hmm. poor effort. But no defeats. Okay, your last one, David. Okay. So, Caesar Prize against Sam. With a Silmaril on the line. Yes. So, he has the Knight of Umbar on a horse. He has a warband of Morgul Knights, one with Banner. He has a Gothmore on a Warg. Warband of Moranans with Spectres and Stalkers thrown in. Now, I have found the trick for fighting against Spectres. You send Eowyn in to deal with them. Because she's Courage 5 and Defense 3. And the <laughs> opponent looks at it and goes, what's your Courage? And you go, 5. And they look at the model and go, what's its Defense? And you're like, 3. And just the look on their face, you're like, yeah, we got this. <laughs> Um, and then there was a castle and a dull gold door just sort of hanging around being scary. So I looked at this and I'm like, I don't see how I got this because I'm infantry. They're not. So the 
Prior starts 12 inches away. Yes. Turn one, I can march nine. They can march 15 with their cavalry. They can wall it off turn one, have somebody dismount, start digging it up. My only real hope is if they don't find it on the first, say, four turns, while my throwing weapons just work on re-clearing yeah. the center. However, he made his first mistake. He marched with the wrong hero. Well, no, he made his first mistake. He deployed his warbands sort of separately because there was a building. So one of them was coming around one side, Gothmorg. Yeah. And the Knight of Umbar was coming around the other. He marched with Gothmorg so they could keep up to arrive at the objective at the same time. So that meant we would be turn two having the roll-off to see who could move on to the objective. Correct. Um, his third mistake was he, he led with his heroes. So my throwing weapons took the Knight of Umbar off his mount and my archers took Gothmorg off his warg. I think they wounded him as well. Something like that. Ouch. That's not how you want to start the game with your two big so, heroes on, on foot. Mm-hmm. Then start of turn two, he wins priority. I call a move with a guy out of Gothmorg range. At this point, I did the whole, you know, displaying my army list and showing all the masses of might on my side of the board. And I'm like, I'll mark off that one there. Do you wish to use might? And I'm like, by the way, how much might do you have? And he's like, I've only got these two heroes. He used one to march. He's down to like five or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, that's, that's some pretty low might. You're going to have to go pretty conservative with that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I will. I'm like, um, do you, so I'm, I'm using might. Do you want to challenge this here? Or like, you know, you don't have to. And he looked at it and went, I think I'm going to have to save it. So I was able to get the move to, to get a you got crescent. totally played, Sam. Totally played. I was able to get the crescent of Royal Guard around the objective. So I had six of them just shoulder to shoulder, locked shields around it. Um, Gambling, not gambling, Hummer walks up the objective and he's like, I'm going to search through this. You guys hold there. Then I realized what he was saving his might for as the Knight of Umbar black darted one Royal Guard off the board, charged into a second. Uh, Gothmorg came in, just like deleted another one. Like he took off almost half of my screen just then. And I'm like, oh, that's why he didn't care about taking the center. But... Hummer's like, don't worry, guys, I found it. If we get the roll-off next turn, I pass this to Thaden. Thaden legs it. It's, it's game. Give the prize to the running back. Give we the prize to the running back. We lost the roll-off. Okay. Gothmorg comes in against um, Hummer. Uh, the Knight of Umbar, black darts one of my... He's throwing three dice a turn into these black darts, and he's just removing a roll guard every turn. Yeah. Um, but I have 12 of those guys, so I sent in more. Um <laughs> So through wave and wave of your, of your own men at them. Yeah, pretty much. So that was it. So I had about four turns of losing the roll off to move first because I've got all the might. Um, he's got Gothmorg, which I was some of the turns I was able to have somebody out of range to call it. So he had to burn might. Yeah. Some turns my hero had to move into range to get within three of the banner because he was doing other stuff. So after four turns of Hummer defeating Gothmorg in combat, turn after turn, couldn't wound him. Because he was too busy holding a silver in one hand, but he was dueling Gothmorg and using its power to like blind him, and it was all good. Except the castlin, it was just moving every turn. It would get an inch closer as it killed the guy in front of it, and it was coming for me. And so, with the zero fate hammer, that Morgul blade looks very, very and scary. And a Theodred coming at it. I, I had Theodred coming around the flank trying to like relieve them from behind, so he was cutting his way through Morgul knights, and he was having a ball. But he was getting closer and closer to the um, Morgul blade, <laughs> the Morgul blade as well. So finally, I run out of royal guard. The knight of Umbar gets into gambling. Uh, I think Hummer went down. I'm like, oh, that's bad. But then I won the roll off. Ewan picks up the thing and legs it backwards because she couldn't move, pick it up, pass it to Thadden because yeah. then Thadden couldn't move. So she just legs it six inches backwards. I throw like my last roll guard into the fight. 
that and rides back as well, sits next to Eowyn. All good. So they were out. They were clear. No one was stopping them. And then we both broke. Oh, no. So I have my guys, and I'm like, yeah, we're pretty good courage. I still had Thadred. It was all good. Mm-hmm. I actually formed a... Because we are playing on a Rohan board. There was lots of buildings. It was like this square where the um, prize was. So I pulled all my guys back into pretty much a riot police formation surrounding this like <laughs> cluster of Moran and Orcs and they just riot locked police. shields. I like, I like that description. Yeah. So they locked shields and they called upon them to disperse. And the, the Moran and Orcs evaporated until it was like a Castellan, a Morgulite with Banner and like a handful of other guys. So I'm like, that's what I wanted to see. Problem is it was also dangerously close to quartering them. And Thaden had a long way to ride. And it's Thaden's, we know he tends to leg it, so I had to send Erwin along just in case. So that meant when Thadred got a Morgul blade in the face, all my guys started legging it, so I had to send Erwin back. So I have Thaden, he has to pass three courage tests in a row to get the prize and the Silmaril, because <laughs> he picked that up as well, off the board. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the tensest that's ever been. <laughs> and he did it because he was at Neg 1. He's like, I'm Courage 4 because this stupid ring wraith around. Watch me pass them. Just, I don't care. I'm flat tenning it. Let, let's just go. So, so the moral of the story is... Thaden, if Thaden performs well under pressure. There we go. <laughs> Fantastic. That was a good, oh, these are good games. We went for ages. Hopefully the listeners yeah. enjoyed this stuff. Um, oh, we did. We, we did. We had fun. <laughs> we, we had, had a fun. ball at this tournament. It was fun. It was, it, it's the best event I've played at for a long, long time. And I hope, I would be happy if all events go to this. I know things like Masters yeah. won't and some of them won't. But if they did, I would not complain. This was the best tournament sort of structure that I've played in. Um, it felt to me like every game was a scenario. It was all good versus evil. The missions are interesting enough that they're okay. You care about what's going on around you. How You're great is it having new missions? Yeah, new missions are so good. Just, just even the tweaks, it just really does work. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk, just talk about what prizes we got, I guess, and then we'll finish up because it's getting a bit late on our end. Kylie, how'd you go? So I don't know where I ended up overall or whatever. It, it's not relevant. It's good one. It's not relevant. Good one. But just I did manage to hold on to the Silmaril to the end of the tournament. So I managed to walk away with the really pretty little Silmaril trophy, which I'll definitely post up online when this uh, episode goes live. So you guys can uh, have a look at that. And uh, yeah, I was pretty happy with that. And also picked up a uh, Keeper of the Dungeons. So oh, nice. I'm thinking maybe uh, Dogledore, sneaky Dogledore list with some uh, yeah. Castellans might be uh, mm-hmm. the order of the day. Oh, that yes. might be how Bog survived. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, got a job cleaning dungeons or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. David, what did you get? Okay, I also picked up a Silmaril. Well um, done. Well done. I'm so jealous. Forward. I never even got to play a Silmaril because you two hogged them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the point. Remember, 27 people might get one. That's if they change hands every single time. And they didn't. No. At least not by the time me and David got them. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I picked up one of those and was quite happy with it. You know, nice and shiny and see-through. You got a prize here? What did you get for um, prize? Some sort of elf. Yeah, the one that hangs around with Elrond gives advice. Lindia. Lindia, that's the yeah. one. I like the Lindu, actually. That's that's. It. I use it as my it's battle. Really company. nice I'm wondering body how. and whatever, yeah. and then he's just got one arm sort of sticking out. I don't know. There's maybe a weapon in the bottom of the pack. I haven't actually it's checked a, it's yet. He's got a like a hilt of a sword somewhere. Oh, okay. I think. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So he's got an elven blade. I managed to get, I believe, the best prize ever. Yes. I got best army player's choice, which Whoa, nicely done. Which nice. I like. We only are eligible for one prize, so I've got no idea how I finished. I feel like I like to convince myself that this is more important than the overall wins. Um, and Josh did list it first, the first amongst all the prizes, and it was the most monetary value of all the prizes as well. This was the Horde of Dale, right? Horde of Dale. I got Girion, 
which yes. is a good model. I like Giran. I'm thinking I might convert him. I've got a spare captain of Dale, because as I do, um, I'm thinking of just keep bashing the two together and make two more captains. Yes, yes, <laughs> of course, of course, because why wouldn't you? Well, it's that'll make him another banner bearer, but I've already got two of those <laughs> and I can't use them, so I don't want to use any more. <laughs> and I've got two packs of Dale ones, so I've got another 24 Dale models, which is good because I think I. I, my mix is a bit weird in that I've got mostly spearmen and only a few bows, and I wanted to get to the point where I was a third spears, a third swords, a, sp- a third bow, so I could play the smug scenario with enough bowmen. So mm. I've got that. Like they were on my purchase list, so I'm very happy with that. And I like they also. I'm over the top. Um, we got we had Josh has posted on the Facebook page. Yeah. We might put in the show notes um, just a screenshot of that yep. to see what people got because we don't want to go through all of yeah. them. But good uh, one. Good we p- could just uh, pick out the rest of the cast. So Nick, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, let's do that. Nick was best general for good. So that's most victory yeah. points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. I'm not sure. I will. I'm not sure. I will say it is always fun when Nick's at a tournament because he gets excited about everything. So if you know Nick's going to be at a tournament, you can try something different because you know at least one person there will appreciate it. Oh, Nick appreciated a lot of things at that tournament, yes. especially. Uh, I believe your entrance uh, got him all riled up. Okay, so I got myself a new hat. It's a um kettle helmet. So, nice sort of steel contraption. Uh, You have to wear an arming cap underneath, otherwise it rattles around on your head. Um, I had my cloak left over from the Nobody Tosses a Dwarf tournament and a leather throat guard. I don't know how it's pronounced, like a gorget or a gorget or something like that. Close enough. And then I had my sword left over from Battle Hardened because you pick up some weird things when you're in this hobby. (laughs) You pick up some weird things. No, I I, I got that from winning the tournament. If you if you show up battle hardened, you pick up some nice stuff. But yeah, I don't actually know what happened beforehand because somebody said that. Like, I do, I do. Okay. So, so this is the spiel. So Josh announced to everyone and said, "I'm very sorry, everyone. One of our players is arriving late. He's had to travel from a far distance. There will be a slight delay. I'm very sorry about that. He's trying his best. He got, went to the wrong venue. He's got lost. He gave us a whole spiel about this one player that was being late. And at that point, David entered. So. I'd just, I'd like, oh, they're waiting for players. I'll duck out to the car. I'll put my costume on. It'll be, you know, it'll be fine. They're still waiting. So I walk in and Josh is giving a big, big speech. I'm like, the door's right next to the stage. So they, everybody looks at me. So I'm like, just act casual. So I'm just like, sorry, I'm late. I'm just sort of like shuffled sideways, <laughs> drank some of my drink, you know, just act casual. <laughs> and to, which we, we erupt into riotous laughter because just as Josh said, this whole spiel about how he got lost and he didn't find his way. And people had seen you before. Yeah, you I came up in up full terrain. costume, <laughs> drinking a can of Solo and says, sorry, I'm late. <laughs> because it was an amazing moment. There was an odd number of players. So he'd like brought in a secret ringer that he wasn't telling anyone who this extra player would be. It was really hush hush. <laughs> It was the best entry I've ever seen, David. Well done. You should have got a prize for best entry. So oh, we, we just had a ball. It was such yeah. a good event. I can't wait till next time we run one. If anyone wants to run one like this, please do. It's it's amazing. Like, overseas don't care. Um, I would actually... like. I, well, would... I, I care because, fun fact, me and Matt, last night... Yes. Booked our flights. Yes. To Europe. Fantastic, Europe, fantastic. So Europe's pretty big. Whereabouts in Europe? Uh, to London. To that's still part of Europe, yes. Manchester, I believe the, the big. Uh, is it article still? On tour? I, 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 I thought, thought they, they were doing the paperwork. Still, I thought they left. There's a lot of paperwork. So me and Matt, uh, along with our friend Josh, who ran Sil this Sil this tournament, are heading over to Articon in mm-hmm. uh, August, and mm. we're super excited to head over there. This is my first international trip. Uh, not not the first for Matt, but we're super keen and looking forward to hearing some of our and meeting some of our uh, 
international listeners. So I'm actually really glad you're on the podcast for once then, because we can talk that up, because I'm sure there's some... It's actually, like, please say hi to Kylie and Matt when you're over there and, 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 and that introduce other guy. if you're a listener, because yeah. we do love that. We had um had a few listeners there, Jacob especially, I remember, who mm-hmm. took the Mumak. He had a big chat, and it really does mean a lot when the listeners come by and said we He got we a prize it. as well. He did yeah. well. He was good. He was a good player. Yeah. And so he, we'll have some um Green da- Dragon dice that we're currently getting made up that we're taking We over. have dice? Yes. Nice. Yes, that's why I was so keen to come on today because we've got like a bunch of things. So it'll be really easy to find us. Look for the tail girl and the very, very short guy with the Australian flag, and that'll yeah. be us. How'd Matt go this time? Do we know? Terrible, terrible. Yeah, he went mm. rubbish. He was he was terrible. He was a joke of a player. Okay. He, he came and joined the good side the last minute, and should we trade him for Tim then, or trade him for anyone? Okay, got it. <laughs> anyone, anyone at all. So people at Articon, watch out. Kylie's a really good player. Matt, just just take him for granted, quite frankly. Isn't he the one that would like talk opponents through exactly how to defeat his army mid game? Yes, he does. Okay, <laughs> he yeah, does yeah, that. yes, yes, right. Yeah, because he assumes they know. So he, he goes, "Oh, you'll just win if you do this, this, and this." And then they go, "Oh, just do that." That is a good idea. Is it a secret plan to like win best sports? Or no, he never does it though. Okay, never mind that. Yeah, he's just he's really look. He, he's not all bad. He does do a lot of the editing for the show. So he, he's he's yes, probably editing yes. this one right now and hearing us. This may not make it. <laughs> That's to your why listeners. we always put this at the end. So he's done most of the work. <laughs> yeah, he's probably just over it by now. Just letting it run. So thank you for editing that. Um, talk to me. I'll teach you how to play some games before you go over an article. And that's a good idea. We'll train him up. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or just just get him to take multiple shades. That's we could have a training montage. Yes. Yeah. We'll do that. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Okay. Anyway, we are just delaying the inevitable, aren't we? At this point. Pretty much. Thank you all for listening. I hope you managed to paint your Iron Hills chariot while you're listening to this episode because it was long enough too. Um, remember, traps, traps win, win games. games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on the Green Dragon Podcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.